What's up, fuckers? Welcome back to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. This would be episode 29, and this is uh, probably the one I've been waiting for the most because I've been dying to play that song, and that fucking, it is, I think that's my favorite song that Red Pill does. Uh, one of the best on the album, at least. Uh, obviously, a knockoff of the Wu-Tang Clan from back in the day. And I grew up with the Wu-Tang Clan, so Jesus Christ, there you go. That's why I like it. But anyway, today, uh, obviously, I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my way better half. 
Lynn. Welcome back, Patriots. And uh, with us today, we have two very special guests. One we've had a number of times. and um, One of our favorite people in the whole world. She's probably our favorite person in the whole wide world when it comes to talking about vaccines, because this will be the VAC special. And we have dubbed this... Uh, once a vac story, a Kovac story, a Kovac story. Yeah, so we're, we're at we're the a, Kovac story. We're, so we're shadowing a little Dickens there for our other guest. Um, there you go, Kung so, Fu Medic. With so. us, obviously, deplorable whoop, Janet. Whoop. Hello, hello. What up, deplorable Thanks for Janet. having me back again. I'm excited. And with her is another friend of, uh, well, a friend of hers who is now a friend of ours, uh, Kung Fu Medic Matt. Welcome, sir, to the Patriot Party Podcast. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. And he's yes, he is coming to us from the UK. So just everybody, slow your roll. Put your <laughs> panties back on. Put your big boy pants back on. Pull them up. It's okay. We can have some well, folks from outside the United States talk to us. Well, yeah, because this is a this is a global thing. This is definitely not just exclusive to the US. So um, since it is a a global issue, we we need to bring in people from all over the world to discuss it. So. Um, we're very excited to have you with us today, Matt. So welcome. Thank you very much. That's a that's a really nice warm welcome. <laughs> Better than Janet's. <laughs> I, I know. Whoa. Look at that, Janet. See, the only thing that will ever please a man you, you is another told- man. I told you that. <laughs> okay, we're not we're not even going to get into the bromance thing because we're going to. I was just going to say, uh, Go ahead, Janet. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Matt got a, a really good welcome because you told everybody to pull their panties up. So, yeah, I didn't get anything like that. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> pull your pants down if you're listening to me. <laughs> that's because the guys don't need to be told to get their dicks out. Yeah, that's, we don't need to be told that sort of stuff, man. That's, that's you know, we, we just do it. Say, that, that's a known, Janet. We just know that's to drop exactly trowel. Right. That's exactly right. Drop trowel for me and pull them up for Matt. And it's on. Down it goes. <laughs> there we go. Put him. Okay, well, following along the, the Dickens theme, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk. Same, um, she went to Dick and fart jokes right off. Oh the bat. Jesus, we're gonna talk past, present, and future as far as COVID and the COVID shot, which I cannot call it a vaccine. It is not a vaccine, as far as that goes. So, um, so let me let me ask y'all a quick question because, like a lawyer, I don't like to ask questions I don't know the answer to, but I don't know that a lot of people know the answer to this question. So, what came first, the virus or the shot? Anyone? Oh, exactly. so you know, you've opened up a massive can of worms, I think, yeah. there. So, I'm really good at that. a massive yeah. can of worms or a new warm hole? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, Janet, you've got a bit more, probably a bit more to say about this than I have, really. So, I'll let ladies first. I was obviously, just going to say that, um, according to all the information that's coming out right now, the virus was actually second. The vaccine actually came a lot earlier than what anybody knows because they have literally had that vaccination for years. And from everything that we are seeing come out about this lovely vaccination, um, it was actually an HIV vaccination that they could not get to market. And we talked about this before, how 
um, the spike proteins and the structure of the virus itself looks very similar to HIV. So that's my little story. Yeah. And you are absolutely correct, Janet, because I started digging into this and doing some research. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and they're mostly news and fun, but, um, every once in a while I like to listen to things just, just for fun, just to, you know, blow my mind and, and go way out there. So, uh, tinfoil hat with Sam Tripoli is one of my, my, my favorite ones just to escape from reality. But unfortunately this was actual reality. So he had, um, Dr. True Ott on uh, a ways back. And at the end of the episode, Dr. Ott mentioned something about how they had been testing, uh, the, an mRNA vaccine in Florida in 2012. And it caused people, it caused a homeless guy to essentially turn cannibal and mm -hmm. literally eat the face off of someone else. And I was like, that cannot be true. That's, that's just crazy. So I started doing some research and sure enough, yes, in 2012, uh, the cops shot dead a homeless guy because he would not stop literally eating someone's face, like chewing, eating eight dudes face. It was horrific. And, but it didn't talk about him being a part of the vaccine trial. So then I started looking into when they started with mRNA vaccines. And sure enough, in 2012, um, in Florida, they were testing a mRNA vaccine um, to target both SARS and HIV. And I was like, well, shit, I guess Dr. Ott was right after all. Even though they weren't directly correlated there, yeah, there, there's definitely, um, you know, they're not going to tell you that on the news. Like, oh, we were doing mRNA vaccines on mice. And somehow, you know, we pulled these homeless people in and started shooting them up to see how they'd react. And it didn't go well. They're not going to tell you that on, you know, the Tampa NBC syndicate or whatever. So um, then I started looking at, well. But well, you do realize why they did that, right? You are aware of why all of that came to be. Because you know back in the day, the way they tested vaccines. And mm -hmm. Janet, I know me, me and you have talked about this before. We've had several conversations about it. They used to test right. vaccines all the time on the military. The military would be called in as guinea pigs and you'd get a shot. And that's the way it would work. Well, um, you know that President Obama, his first four years in office, he eliminated that whole program. That program was eliminated, eliminated by Obama. Therefore, there are no more test vaccines done on military members or anything to have to do with the military, which I thought was weird when it happened. But now that this has happened, and if you put those two things in line, right. where, well, are using homeless people. where else are you going to test it? Yeah. You know, you don't have the military anymore to test on, but you have Yeah, and back in the group. day, um, not just the military, but also ahead, using um, like children's homes, things like that, um, orphanages. Uh, it was, I mean, it's documented yeah. history that that's where they used to get their test subjects from literally all the time. And in regards to, yeah, in regards to um, the guy eating the face, that is why uh, we had that conversation before. And I was afraid for your safety, V. Lynn, because I told you that I thought Mick was going to wake up and eat your nose in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I like my nose. So I keep a gun close by. Hey, Mick, she's threatening <laughs> to kill you again. <laughs> it's migrated from, you know, three feet away from me under my pillow. 
<laughs> just mm. in case. <laughs> just like sounds like a Dr. Evil plan. I'm just saying. <laughs> the whole damn world sounds like a Dr. Evil plan right now. I mean, come on. Um, so, all right. So, yeah. So the mRNA vaccines first started in 2012, mm-hmm. as far back as I can find. They, the first verified research that I could find about mRNA was in 2012. And the coronavirus was originally filed, well, they filed it in 2015 for patent, but they applied for the patent initially in 2014. So applied for the patent in 2014, filed in 2015. It was approved in 2017 and fully approved in 2019. Huh. Right before it was released onto Mm -hmm. the world's population. And Nicholas Wade, um, who used to be a New York Times reporter, I believe, um, he did a huge story and this is broken all over the place. And of course, you know, we were talking about this from the very beginning that there's no way that it was, uh, that it actually came from nature. Like some dude ate a bat in a wet market in China. I mean, that's just bullshit. That just stretches the bounds of reality to anyone. Um, especially anyone who knows anything about viruses and how they move from the animal kingdom to the human kingdom. There's really the only way that that can be done is if it's genetically manipulated in a lab. Otherwise, it will take a couple hundred years for a virus to mutate to the point right. where it can jump from animals to humans. So it was most definitely designed. And now that truth is coming out. Um, so in 2014, Obama said, no more gain-of-function research in the United States. Um, Janet, can you explain, or Matt, whichever one, can you explain a little bit about Matt what gain-of-function research is? Janet, we'd best that one. I'd, yeah, that's Janet. I don't know. Uh, the prob- I'm sorry. The the um, probably call it something different over here. But gain of function, I think, is something to do with active kind of trials, which Janet will probably know more yeah, about. Yeah, and the um, you know, when they when they did come out with, they're not going to do that anymore. That is literally what every trial is, um, not just with vaccinations, but also with. Um, drugs and things like that, gain of function is anything that you can do to um, like further the cause of, you know, whatever research that you're trying to do um, as far as functionality of the actual um, vaccine or, or drug, whatever you're trying to do. And then you have the extra um, what do you call it on the side where they discover that, you know, like a migraine medicine, you can actually use it for treating something else. So it's like basically to, to further their <coughs> clinical trial push. That's what it is to me. And my understanding of gain of function research is, um, yes, absolutely, that's that's true. But at the the deeper level, at the research level, um, they take animal born viruses mm-hmm. and they manipulate them mm-hmm. so that they can infect humans, and with a a greater efficacy than right. they would otherwise. So with this particular virus, they made it thirty percent more infectious than it ever was when it was just an animal virus um, and right. and make it more lethal as well. So they are using gain-of-function research to 
quite literally develop a virus that right. can infect humans and kill them. And what's the point well, of that? Why, why would you even do that? I mean, that just why seems would you, sinister right why off Why would you not and do that? I mean, they're doing the way. same thing, like I said, with, with medications, not just, you know, whatever. And it's like anything that you can... Um, like I said, further your outcomes and your in your studies, further your outcomes and something because if you can make something twenty times more lethal, um, even medication wise, because even though its sole purpose is, like I said, to treat one thing, and we all know what medications do to the body, so if in treating that you can also destroy like another organ system. It's the same thing for pharmacology that they do with vaccinations, where it's like, um, you know, if it's if they find that it's detrimental to the lungs and then later on while they're doing this, they also discover it's going to start attacking the brain or attacking the heart or whatever. The more lethal you can make something, the more money you're going to make because the more things that they can sell you from the research that they're doing. Meaning the, with the lethality being a certain level, the more, more people would be to jump out and go grab the, the vaccine or whatever the cure right. is or whatever they can sell as part of the cure. Kind of like the flu. Uh, you go to, you think about all the companies that have popped up, Theraflu, uh, Z- Xanax or Zytec Tamiflu, or whatever yeah. Tam- Tamiflu. Tamiflu, yeah. Xerex or whatever that one is where you supposedly stop the flu before you get it. So when you get a, a sore throat, you go take that little you That drink is that literally shot. zinc. And that's all it is. It's zinc. Um, but Lot. yeah, people yeah, pay it's expensive. tons of money for it. So, Well, and this is going to be a shocker to people, I, I know, but your body is interconnected mm-hmm. entirely. So, for example, if you fuck up your teeth, right, that can cause heart problems. If you have an ear infection, that can cause lung problems. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's mind-blowing, right? Your whole body is connected. If one part of your body is not healthy – the rest of your body is not going to be healthy. That's true. It- I don't know. My brain and my butthole, I don't think they're wired together. <laughs> well, a friend of mine told me about a, um, they were trying to use the mRNA vaccines to, uh, sorry, mRNA delivery method mm-hmm. to help combat rabies as well. Is where the first sort of kind of mRNA thing originated from after right. HIV and everything else, but they initially tried it to try and sort curb rabies, but they found the same problems. Well, in three years, they they didn't get anywhere, basically, which makes me wonder how they managed to come out with a with a ninety nine point nine 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 percent effective vaccine straight off the bat first time round, which is absolutely bollocks, and that never happens in history. Fifty sixty percent if we're lucky, but ninety nine point five nine. Well, so it's ninety five percent effective when it came out of the uh, on the packaging, which is just. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Not first time lucky anyway. Um, so I think well, I guess we'll find out, right? <laughs> well, now there's research as well that that study, the, the study that, that supposedly proved the efficacy of the vaccine or the shot in the first place, now they're saying that that study had huge problems, that basically they manipulated the data in the study to right. get the result mm. that they wanted. Mm. Huh. Yeah, well, we've- do scientists do that? We've had a similar study done over here as well, 
but uh, the results of the study after the initial study are better than initial study, which just which is might blowing everyone's mind because when they first uh, rolled out the, the the jabs, I think they were trying to say they're about fifty to seventy percent kind of efficacy rate with with uh, with patients, and now they've done another study, uh, and now they're trying to say they're ninety percent. So usually it doesn't happen that way around where the the, the, the right. second study is better than the first study because the first study is normally done in a much more controlled environment with a certain amount of um, patients at certain demographics, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas a normal, well, I suppose we call it random trial because everybody's getting it, different age groups, different demographics, different comorbidities and everything else, which wouldn't have been tested under those lab conditions, which we know they weren't. Um, the efficacy has actually increased to about 90%, which is absolutely rubbish. What they've done when you look at the data, this is just one that came out yesterday, um, which I need to send you guys so you can so you can post it. Um, they've basically ignored the spike that, that's been happening in the UK with hospital admissions and reactions from people having the second jab. They've just ignored that and then just put down and, and coincided with the tethering off of the um the flu virus that it does in this time of year anyway with the weather essentially and obviously you can't it's difficult to correspond the efficacy of your vaccine when it's you're still in the period of developing a vaccine when you're still in a period of developing antibodies and people are still in the period of actually getting it it's difficult to know whether it's the vaccine that's working or whether people's immunity has just got better or whether the virus is just dissipating because of the time of year which it does everywhere in the world when the weather gets milder, flus and colds disappear naturally anyway, which is what we said would happen when they rolled the vaccine out at Christmas. Um, and we said, not that I'm trying to be, I told you so, or we said this, but... Uh, mm-hmm. I told you so a lot around here. Yeah, that you know that in, um, in, in when the weather starts getting better, everyone starts feeling better. So it's difficult to differentiate between the two because it's, it's not difficult to manipulate data when you know how to do it. Depends how you collect, uh, collect it, first of all, um, which is which we know... The foundation of all the tests and the trials, the methodology of all the Pfizer and the AZ, um, were, were rubbish. Basically, all the, the clinical trial size, the people, the age groups, the, the demographics, the comorbidities, which they didn't have. Um, you know, if you go back and read all that sort of stuff, which is readily available on, on on the websites, when if the foundations are wrong, then everything else after that is going to be wrong and easy to manipulate. Which I think. It's what's happening at the moment. We're in England at the minute. We're having a, a problem with loads of people are having reactions to the second vaccine. Sorry, second jab. Um, more so than the first time round. We're having a horrendous amounts of these blood clots that are coming out. Um, people sneezing blood clots out. People coughing up blood clots. Um, and they're the people that aren't probably reporting it. The only ones that have been reported are the ones that are people are actually obviously um, using the yellow card. We have a yellow card scheme of it. I think it's called yellow card incident. I guarantee 90% of the population already don't know what that is. Um, so it, the, the we, we don't know generally over here how many people are having reactions serious or not because one, we, we're not really, there's no official pathway for us to log it. My doctor friends that have been telling me um, they've not had the time because they're so overworked at the moment with patients coming in, as we always are, they don't have the time to then take out 15 minutes, 20 minutes per um, yellow card form to fill out. They haven't got the time. So a lot of them are just going on, you know, undocumented, un- unreported or whatever. And no matter what you, I mean, you guys can relate to this. I was unwell for a couple of days. My arm was really sore and I felt really fatigued, but I'm fine now. So there you go. That's an endorsement to take it, right? You only feel shit for a couple of days. Walk it off and everything will be fine. 
no, 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 no. Now they say if you have a, re- a reaction, that means that the vaccine is working. Bullshit. That, I mean, if you yeah. if you be right, well, yeah, okay. If you understand how vaccines work from the concept of usually you have to be injected with the live or dead particles of the virus for your body to then to have the systemic response to kill it to then get the T cell uh, memory um, immunity, then yes, that's how vaccines should work. Uh, but usually it doesn't matter how many people take the vaccine, the more the better, obviously, because you get the herd immunity kind of concept is what they, they try and sell it. But it doesn't matter because if you've got natural immunity to it or not, it, it doesn't matter. We won't, you don't know that until you've been subjected to the, the specific virus. But if you're um, being subjected to it, to the, so, so, so the, the, the mRNA vaccine, you're being injected with something that, changes the signals in your cells to make your body grow this spike protein that allegedly is supposed to, you know, be found in, in the coronaviruses and other bits and pieces. But we won't talk about the fact there's over 400 different coronavirus, noroviruses, coronaviruses out there, and they've managed to find this specific protein that will combat all of them. We won't talk about that because the odds of them being able to do that is, is amazing. And, and if they were able to do that, we would have a vaccine for the flu. But we don't because the flu virus changes yearly. So all they give you every time you have your flu vaccination is the predicted strain of the flu that they think is going to be circulating around that time of year, which is why it's only 40% effective. And they tell you when you have the jab, you can still get the flu. Ergo, it's not a vaccine. So if you're being injected with something that changes your signals in your cells, it's not a vaccine. It's something that's manipulating your cells. Now, we spoke about this before, Janet and I. It doesn't change your DNA to the point where you, you, know, you turn into a banana or a monkey. It just changes the signals in your DNA cells to make your DNA do something like grow the spike protein. Now the jury's out as to whether that is something your body naturally does or the jury's out as to whether the systemic response people are getting is the body fighting back against having to be programmed to make these spike protein cells because we don't know exactly whether the body recognises the spike protein cell as something it likes or something it doesn't like. And this is the problem that they had with the, the animal trials and the animal studies prior to this is which we I don't want to jump too far ahead, but everybody had a little reaction in the animals. They were okay. They were unwell for a bit and then they came back to normal and then something more sinister happened later on, which we'll go into later. But yeah. So you were, you were, you've been, you've said that, uh, the spike protein over and over again, you've talked about, uh, either growing it. Um, if I remember correctly and I could be completely fucking wrong, but which would not fucking surprise me whatsoever. But, um, if I remember correctly, the Pfizer uh, version of the quote unquote, whatever she wants to call it, the shot, what did you call it? You've been calling it the jab. jab. I like that. I'm going to call it the jab from now on. So the Pfizer version of the jab, uh, from what I understand was not to reproduce the spike protein, but to combat it because that goes into another story that I think uh, from what V Lynn told me earlier, Janet, you want to talk about later. And we're definitely going to talk about that because I just read a really interesting story about the, that, Comment, combat combating the actual spike protein that is found in COVID um, that actually connects to cells and makes it very hard to shed it, makes it very hard to get rid of it, is that stupid little spike protein that is on the side of COVID and grows out of the side of COVID, whatever. Um, much very retarded like. But that's what I understood stood the Pfizer vaccine to be. The Moderna one was... I thought the uh, from the way I understood when they rolled out the Moderna one, they said at first that it was just like that. Then they changed their 
their tone, so to speak. And they said, well, it, we're going to reproduce more or less the spike protein so that the body automatically dismisses the spike protein as being something not harmful to the body and it gets rid of it. And the white blood cells will be programmed now to attack that and get rid of it, um, which I thought that was, uh, I was like, well, really, what's the difference unless you're teaching the spike, you know, the, your white blood cells just to kill the whole cell to begin with. I mean, just to eliminate that part. But then they were saying, well, no, we, we're just training it to attack the spike protein. And I was just like, how in the hell? I mean, I know white blood cells are amazing. Don't get me wrong. I understand the science of it. And I'm like, okay. But I'm like, how do you train white blood cells to attack just one part of a cell? I, I didn't think, I mean, I knew they're good, but I, I didn't think they were that good. Is that accurate or am I just out there fucking off in La La Land? No, no, no. It's purpose. Did you know the best way to describe it is the same shit in a different box, I think is the best way to describe it. Because if you if you strip it all back, it all roughly says the same sort of stuff. They've just marketed it and, and kind of wrote it uh, in a slightly different way. I don't think they know what it does. But you, in my experience, I mean, I'm not a virologist and not an epidemiologist or anything like that. But in my experience, the only way your body learns how to to create immunity to something is if it actually destroys it, your immune systems absorb the cell, destroy it. And then from that, they can take out the, the parts of the virus cell, which then imprint into the T cell memory, which your body then programs when it sends out the antibodies. If there's no strict virus there for it to kind of combat and kill, I don't know how your immune system will tell the difference between the spike protein you're being told to grow and the spike protein that's allegedly supposed to come in from a foreign body or a foreign virus which which is the problem that causes the body to be confused which we'll go into later so it, they make it sound lovely like we're going to just deliver in this message rna that's in like a little post-it letter we're going to post it and it's going to have a little chat with your cells and then it's going to massage this protein and then we're going to be fine oh, pff, bollocks I, 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 I don't i don't understand how that works i don't know how they able to not sort it out for for malaria and rabies in three years when they've actually really wanted to try and combat those viruses but they've been able to roll this one out that combats all the variants that are coming out. They knew the variants that were coming out were going to be um, okay with this vaccine. Well, we'll go into that later in our country. It's slightly different. I just think it, it takes a minimum five years to develop a vaccine. And then you've got near enough another five, four or five years on top of that for the tests and everything else and all that kind of stuff. So the fact they've rolled it out in 12 months, I... I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I've got a U-turn on my my career and everything at the minute, man. <laughs> really struggle with the stuff that I see daily and the stuff I read and the people that the stuff that people tell me. I go into houses now and people say, "Oh, I've had two vaccines, so I'll take my mask off." And I say to them, "That's great. Doesn't make me feel any safer. In fact, I feel slightly more worried that you've had both the jabs and I haven't." Mm, right. But but yeah, and, then, and then they look at me funny and then I have to remember what it is I do for a job and then you know don't say anything else. So, well, before we get into um, the spike protein transmission and, and all that, which I know, Janet, you're excited to talk about, and I really am too, um, there were two things I found yesterday, and one of them gave me nightmares, straight up nightmares. And as a not-so-good Catholic living with a very good Catholic, we went to church today, and I looked around, you know, all, our kids go to private Catholic school and all of the teachers got a couple of days off of school. They, they gave them a holiday um, about in the middle of the school year so that they could all go get their COVID shots, their jabs. And I was like, you know, and I said this to Mick as well at, when he first got his shot. I said, you know, you do realize that they use aborted fetal tissue to 
get the initial gene sequencing to make this vaccine, correct? And he was like, yeah, but you know, it's from babies that were aborted, what, 40 years ago. And I don't think my shot had that. And well, I, I hate to break this to you, babe, but it actually did. And what I found yesterday, this is what gave me nightmares. This is so disturbing. It's not just, it is aborted fetal tissue, but not in the way that we think of regular abortions, which, I mean, there is no, as far as I'm concerned, there is no good abortion. There is no right, you know, good way to to kill a baby that's growing inside you. That's a miracle. That's my belief. But normally they basically stick a vacuum up your twat and suck the baby out, right? Essentially. In the most rawest form. Absolutely. Completely agree. So eloquently put. (laughs) But in order to get the tissues for vaccines or uh, fetal tissue to do any research on, it's called... um, it's called HEK293. So HEK stands for human embryonic kidney. And of course, in any medical environment, the best samples are always the freshest ones. So the way that they obtained these samples, this this HEK and 293 is the 293rd sample taken from this human embryonic kidney. When they abort the baby, they do it cesarean style and they sterilize the mother at the same time. So they essentially cut her stomach open. They remove the entire womb, the uterus with the baby still in it. And then they stick it in a fridge with the baby's heart still beating for up to a day, up to 24 hours before they dismember the baby while it's still alive in order to get the embryonic tissue that they need. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. That gave me nightmares. If you, I didn't. I didn't. If know you that. think about um, even <clears throat> like organ transplants and whatnot, you have to keep that organ viable for twenty four hours um, while they're prepare, preparing the uh, transport team and the the harvesting team and all of that stuff. So. It would be the same thing if you're trying to get fetal tissue. You have to have viable live tissue. So, of course, that's how they do it. They have to keep the heart beating, the the blood circulating to be able to have a fresh organ to get samples from in the first place. So, yes, that is a thing. So I, I was under the impression that the reason they use the 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 uh, the aborted embryo cells is because it helps when they use the vaccines or the jabs on humans. They've got they have to kind of make it so that the the jab can tell the difference between human cells and other cells, which is why it works in the body like that. So they use the fetal aborted fetal cells to incorporate into the jab. So this I don't know if it's a spike protein, but whatever it is they use knows to to use the human cells to, to keep the immunity in which is why there was the problems with the the most recent vaccines and the women who are pregnant because it doesn't differentiate between the, the, the whether the woman's pregnant or not if that makes sense it's just used the embryo cells it's been programmed to use when it was made so then it's indiscriminately attacks those cells or attaches to those cells regardless of whether the women are pregnant or not and i think that is why we're experiencing these problems that women are having with menopausal uh, irregularities and starting menopause when they have not had it. 
and obviously the the increased um, miscarriage rate as well. Um, I've read somewhere it's between because of they've used these um, embryo cells. That's why the women that are you know having these issues. It, that's why allegedly, but I can't find um, more than one study to kind of back it up, which is. Obviously, you know they're not going to have that written no, all over the place. That's information they don't want. <laughs> yeah, that's information I mean, that they don't want reasonable. the public to know about. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes our job so much harder as well. Because whenever you get into a discussion with someone about anything like this, the first thing people say is, "Well, where's the evidence?" And you're like, "Okay, fine. If we're going to go down that route, there's there's a plethora of things in the world that have been told to you guys that doesn't need any evidence." Um, and you swallow it up without question usually, but now all of a sudden you want, you know, a peer reviewed, uh, document that's not been, you know, uh, redacted in any way, shape or form that was made yesterday because anything longer than a few weeks is considered too out of date. Uh, and someone who studied at university, you know, anything over sort of 10 years is, 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 is considered, um, all right. The most recent, the better, but some, some studies haven't been redone from the fifties and sixties. So they're the only ones you can use. So I think everybody now has become a critic and everybody now who's trying to prove their point has to become a scholar to be able to convince people that what they're saying is true and it's not just made up. And that's, that's, that's where we're at at the moment. It just seems to be, if you've got it written down, regardless of where it's come from, whether, you know, who's, who's orchestrated the study, if it's written down in black and white, then it's true, which we all know isn't, isn't the case at all. That is, uh, and I don't think you can put it any better than that because that is literally Everybody does it. I mean, you see it on TV every day. If you just watch the news for 25 minutes, everybody says, well, there's, and I'm one of those people and I will be the first one to tell you that I am one of those people. I've got to have evidence. You got to show it to me. Don't I'm the goddamn state of Missouri. Show me baby. Cause I need to know, I need to see it. I need to see it written down. I need to see somebody's willing to stake, you know, their claim, just like we just talked about. Uh, and we we're doing it in the sidebar chat. And I know you guys weren't involved, but just in case you didn't know, this just blasted out over the news that Fauci said, I'm not convinced that COVID-19, COVID-19's origins are natural. (laughs) Uh, Really? Are you fucking kidding me? Um, You're the mother, you're the motherfucker who made it, son of a bitch. Shut up. Get the fuck out of here. Our fucking taxpayer dollars and and a small donation from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Well, There's actually a picture from 2015 of Dr. Fauci. Barack Obama and Melinda Gates at the Wuhan lab in 2015, right after the gain of function research was made illegal in the United States. And Fauci picked up his lab in North Carolina and moved it all to Wuhan. So if you're going to tell me Obama didn't know what shit was well, going on there, then I'm because, calling bullshit on you know, that one too. They took our government taxpayer money to, to give grants to the Wuhan lab. I mean, you can find those, you can look that up. It happened. So, hello. Hello, Dr. Fauci. He's been kind of in deep shit lately. He was involved in the um, the, the clinical trials for right. the rollout of the HIV vaccine as well back in 1985, the one that melted everyone's face or their skin that's, peeling off. That's how he became a doctor, uh, uh the number one virologist in the United States was HIV and the study of HIV and all of that. That's what made him who he is now. Um, but yep. you're absolutely right, Janet. Mm-hmm. He is in deep shit 
because he's like I, we've been saying for the longest time, and I still think we still have the crowdfunded support going to send him a, a box <laughs> of flip flops because he has literally flip flopped more than any one person I have ever fucking seen on this exact issue. Talk about a guy that just can't stay on one side or the other. He has got it. He's, oh, well, I'm following this. The science does not flip flop that much, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ, this is not sex with Kobe because he's dead. So that ain't happening. So don't give me this. Oh, well, uh, well, the, the science keeps changing. Yeah, the science keeps changing because uh, it's all about the dollar amount exactly. that's going in your fucking back pocket, you piece of shit. But that's just my take on it. I, I don't get this whole we're following the science shit because I'm a bit more like, I don't want to follow the science. I want to follow the medicine because that's what this is. This isn't science. It's medicine. If I was to go into a car garage and someone shouted over my gardener to look at my car, I'd be like, what the, what the fuck is the mechanic looking at my car? Why is it every time anybody gets on TV, they're not surrounded by people in white coats? You know, virologists, epidemiologists, all the people that you'd want around you at the time to ask these questions or answer the questions from the general public. Instead, especially in the UK, we're just being, we have sage. I can't even remember what it means, but fuck me, sage is like some sort of killer. Uh, what what's that thing from Terminator? The, uh, uh, the, the, the Skynet. Do you know what I mean? It's just whatever sage says happens in England and they they say oh we're following the science but it's you've got doctors you've got healthcare professionals all coming out and saying well we should be doing this this and this and this but you don't listen to us you listen to the science and those of us that work in medicine know that that science and medicine right. never go well together because science want you to do one thing and medicine goes well actually theory what you've said is okay but practicality with patients and everybody's different there's never a one-size-fits-all remedy so science can't be the only way you treat medicine because that's not how medicine is. Everyone's individual. Everyone has different uh, strengths, weaknesses, uh, sensitivities to everything. The viruses affect everybody different ways. So you can't just have a one-size-fits-all thing using science. They have to work together. They have to intertwine. And there's always that to and fro in between the two, which is why you need them both to be together, not, not just the one. I'd like to know what science they're using. To, to, to help us if from a medical point of view, because I wouldn't want a scientist fucking treating me if I went to see a doctor. And I'm sure a scientist wouldn't want a medical person talking to them about something scientific, uh, scientific, scientific. So I don't understand. We're just being told that shit and everyone just goes, yeah, following the science, following the science, just walking around, go follow the fucking science, follow the fuck. What is the science? No one knows what the fucking science is because they're not telling us what it is. They're just telling us that we're following it. And we're just going, yeah, okay, well, look, these guys must know what they're doing. And it doesn't matter what shit they come out and say on TV now. We just lap it up and go, okay, right, yeah, well, you know, must know what he's doing. He's following the science. And that is a perfect example of the fucking stupid masks, the face diapers. That is 100% the reason for the face diapers. Because you have one wacko who goes out there and says, oh, well, we all have to wear masks. So why? Because so that way we can look like China, more look like China. I mean, that's honestly where we're going. I mean, that's obviously what they want. Everybody walking around wearing a face diaper. You're not allowed to talk because God forbid the government's going to, I mean, it's just like anything else here in the States, you know, whether it's the January 6th commission. Oh, by yeah, the way, Janet, get ready for that one. I think we're going to get questioned. Ha <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know if we are or not. Um, <laughs> I'll find out before you will though. I'll let you know. But, um, they have the January 6th commission. Why are they doing that? Well, they don't want you to have the ability to speak out against your country. God forbid you did. Um, you guys have that, uh, what's that office over there in the UK? Uh, you guys have that office that controls, uh, what you say on TV and shit. Um, that's like, that, that is the biggest communist thing I've ever seen. I was like, wow. Um, they went after, uh, what's his name? The guy that was, uh, talking about, uh, Harry and, uh, Oh, Ofcom. What's her name? 
Yeah, Ofcom. That's it. Office Communications. Yep, Ofcom. Yeah. And man, you guys, that that one's a that's a banger right there. That's communism if I've ever seen it. I mean, you're not allowed to have a voice. What what the fuck? I mean, oh, it's a you have that going on. There's no science. There's I agree. It should be follow the medicine or follow a doctor your doctor's orders. That's why they say, go talk to your doctor before you do anything. Don't just go do it. Except, you know, I, I fear that too many doctors right. are being silenced as well. That's why you've got the frontline doctors coming out. Ten, I mean, there's 10,000 doctors and a thousand lawyers that are currently bringing charges like crimes against humanity charges for the second Nuremberg trial. Oh, it's yeah. ongoing right now. They mm. haven't actually started the trials yet, but they have started the lawsuits against all of these doctors. And I, I hate to break it to any nurses or healthcare practitioners out there, but I was just following the rules Correct. is not a valid defense. You have a duty when it comes yeah, to killing not, people. You have a duty. Not when it says the first thing that we say in our oath. And Janet, right. I know you know, I will do no harm. Absolutely. That is the absolute first thing that we say is I will do no harm. That It's not, well, I followed the rules that Janet told me was the rules. So therefore I just did what the rules said. No, that doesn't right. compute when you get sued for something like that right. or you go to jail for something like that, better yet, murder. And so the other the other thing I found um, over the last couple of days, and actually uh, Mike Adams and Alex Jones broke this. Um, Alex Jones is that shit crazy, but he gets a lot of good information, um, and puts it out there. So Connecticut, which is near and dear to our heart. And this is something that is almost scarier than, or maybe it is scary on a, a personal level for us. Um, then, you know, the, the dismembering babies. So the state of the, or as we call it, the people's Republic of Connecticut put out some information to their, doctors and healthcare workers not to be disseminated to the public, um, but it got out as things tend to, that there is an ingredient in the Moderna shot that's called SM-102. And SM-102 is a, um, a synthesized... I, th I think we let Matt explain this one because he's chomping at the bit and it looks like he's about to jump through the camera. All right, Matt, are you oh, familiar with SM-102? I was just saying it's, um, <clears throat> it was toxic. That's what I was trying to read. I was just kind of supporting you, but yeah, sorry. Um, yes, you're hundred percent right. It's bad. Absolutely bad. So according to this SM-102, it's for research use only, not for human or veterinary use. It is highly toxic it's, it causes cancer, damages fertility, or an unborn child. It causes damage to the central nervous system, the kidneys, the liver, the respiratory system through prolonged or repeated exposure. And that's just if you touch it with your skin. And now we're injecting this into people in the Moderna shot. And we don't know at what at what rate you know we don't we don't know how much of this is going into people in the moderna shot it, it could be a drop it could be a whole fucking vial either way it could kill you and it says as well doesn't it not for veterinary or human consumption or use yep Which so in connecticut they basically told their their healthcare workers to start stocking body bags well i mean that is the people's republic of connecticut and they're all about dropping the population down 50 something percent so i just want to read you guys something real quick sorry it's just going back to the consent thing because i wanted to share this with someone because 
the healthcare professionals that are listening to this who think they're absolved from any responsibility, think again, because I've just done what we call, we have to do managed training every every year where we have to do certain modules and all. This one's about consent. This is just the first two lines of it. I'll read it real quick. And then, and then the person responsible for ensuring that the patient is generally consenting to what is being done is that of the healthcare professional carrying out the specific treatment or procedure. It is they who will be held responsible in law if this is challenged later. And that's just that's right. in the UK. That's not even here in the United States. Mm. That's in the UK. And that's just what that's just what consent means. So so the whole implied consent scenario. When you go and have your vaccine or jab or you want to go and speak to someone, when you sit down and you turn around to the person giving you the injection, one, ask them if they know what's in it. If they don't, then that's one thing you can get them for. Second is ask them if they can guarantee you that it's not going to cause you any harm or injury. If they say no, then that's enough for you to refuse the vaccine in itself. Yep. That is what implied consent essentially means. If the person giving you the shot or the jab can't tell you what you need to know, right. then that isn't implied consent. So if they can't answer any questions, that alone is, is warrant right. enough for you to not have to take it. Um, and the people giving it are, should know this because that's why I would flatly outright refuse to give it to someone because I can't guarantee that I wouldn't be able to cause them right. any harm or injury. Full stop. Um, which goes against... Everything. I don't know. People turn around and say, "Yeah, but that's the same with with other drugs and other vaccines and other bits and pieces." One, I've never been asked to give anyone else any vaccines, and two, all the drugs I have to give have been um, used rigorously for years in in medicine for other bits and pieces. So the side effects are manageable. They're not causing the horrendous side effects. The benefits outweigh the risks, essentially, which is a questionable thing um, with the current jabs that they're trying to push for us at the minute. So the whole consent thing is, and I don't particularly know how well that will hold up in court. If I'm honest with you. And I remember the first few people that were given the jabs, they had to put their registration number on the ticket. Um, and they just thought that was also oh, they know who gave the vaccine. But the manufacturers aren't responsible for hurting you because they're not the ones breaking the skin membrane barrier of your body. They're just putting it in a vial. The person who actually injects it into your body is the person responsible because they are the one who's committing the act of penetrating the, the barrier, which is your skin. The manufacturers can just go, no, nah, sorry, it's not our bad. We made it, but you gave it. So it's up to you as the person giving the drug to know what it could do uh, to the patient before you give it. So they just throw it all onto their healthcare professional, which, you know, people aren't going to be ready for that, I don't think at all. And how can the healthcare professionals even know what's in it when the vaccine ingredient list that comes with right. the shot is deliberately blank? They could ask. We've seen pictures all over the internet mm. of nurses and doctors opening up the boxes with the Moderna and the Pfizer shots and pulling out what's supposed to be the vaccine information sheet. And it says sheet left blank. It, it's printed on the sheet, sheet left blank. And that's yep. because they don't want to tell you what's right. in it. And that and should definitely thing. be the biggest red flag for any fucking healthcare provider on the planet. If you yourself open that box that that vial comes in and you see that you should automatically refuse to give that to a patient because if you're not allowed to know what's in it the patient the public nobody's allowed to know what's in it other than the people who are putting whatever is in those um that yeah you should never give that because like Matt said you you can't give consent on that as a patient and you as a healthcare provider should not be consenting to give it in the first place. You should read every package insert before you ever give it to well, a patient. I thought, since, 
I, I thought since um, we're at this, uh, maybe just we're going to roll out with some of this. And I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Matt, we don't have uh, I don't I can't get numbers for England. Um, but just so everybody's aware, currently right now in the United States, two hundred ninety six million eight hundred and twenty one thousand eight uh, jabs have been doled out um, according to as of yesterday um, of the the total deaths in the U.S. is still only five hundred eighty nine thousand. Um, total cases originally are still being reported as 33 million. And of all the states out there, um, this is the one that really kind of threw me for a loop when I was looking at this earlier before we started this morning. Um, I was looking at the states that um, <clears throat> are way up there, let's just say, in um, vaccines per population, um, everybody with one plus one or more dose of the shot and or the jab, so to speak. And Go figure, 90% of them are all blue states, minus Arizona, which I found, uh, which I've, uh, I'm sorry, yes, Arizona and New Mexico, which I was um, a little thrown off by. And then Wyoming, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama are less than 36% of their total um, area vaccinated, their total statewide um, what population vaccinated. I was like, wow, it's, that is... Very weird. I said, that's, uh, that's interesting to see that number like that. And, uh, to see that, you know, everybody else is sitting about midline, uh, anywhere between 40 to 45% vaccinated. Uh, there's only a couple States that are going above that Florida, um, uh, most of your Midwest interior States, uh, uh, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and of course, uh, the people's Republic of Michigan. Um, all of those are doing well above, the 40 to 50% vaccinated total vaccinated. And then your blue States are all above 50%. Um, but and, and most those States currently have the highest rate of COVID cases. Well, they, they have had throughout the whole pandemic, which I thought was interesting too. And then, um, the other one that I thought was really weird. And, uh, this is another one again, I wish I had this for the UK too, Matt. I, I was trying to look, I was just trying to look for it too. I couldn't find it for the UK, which really kind of pissed me off. But this one I found really queer. Um, weird, queer, whatever you want to call it. Does the public want to get uh, the COVID-19 vaccine? And this was just a study done by, this is a KFF. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly what they do. They're a independent tracking organization. Anyway, they uh, did a thing where they, they got this, uh, this thing and it says uh, already got, or they wanted ASAP. I just found this really interesting that the total uh, people that said they would go get it were 64%. Of that 64%, 18 to 29, 51% of them said they would go get it. 30 to 49, 59% said they would go get it. 50 to 64 said 70% of them said they would go get it. Uh, 65 and older, 81% of them said they would go get it. Of that number, um, 66% were white, 59% were black, 64% were Hispanic. Of that number, 55% of them were Republicans, 59% of them were independents, 80% of them were Democrats. Um, and of that number, 64% of them lived in urban areas, 67% lived in the suburbs, and then 55% of them live in rural areas. Which, so, so what you're saying is white Republicans hmm, that live weird. in the country don't want, the, don't want to get the COVID shot. Well, that's what, it, that's what I thought too. That's what it looked like too. But it was really weird because this number is... It's almost, if you look at the numbers I just read to you, they're almost even across the board. Um, you look at 65 and older, baby boomers. Um, they said 81% of them are definitely going to get it, like ASAP. 
Well, you know why? And then 80% Dems. I was like, wow, well, there's, there's a correlation right there just in two numbers. So baby boomers still believe that the news tells the truth. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's we're why aware of. they are they are still entirely susceptible to the brainwashing that comes through their tell a vision programming on a daily basis. So I, I just thought the study was I thought that was a weird thing that was just brought up. And I wish I had something for the UK, Matt. I'd well, tell you about the UK, too. But I've got some numbers here for you, actually, in preparation for our chat today. So oh, look at that. Um, now you're doing homework. Yeah, well, yeah, I try to. I try to the best I can. At the minute, they're saying that we've got about 25 million people have been fully vaccinated in Britain. So that equates to about a third of our population. We've got about 67, 68 million in England at the moment um, that we know of. Uh, um, so as of the 24th of January, uh, we, like I said before, we have yellow card incidents, which is the same as your VERS, 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 however you guys vaccine. Yeah, however I know, you guys me vaccine. too. But, yes. yeah. I like the way Vires. he says it. So. <laughs> he says it like Janet does. Vires. Um Up until the 24th of January this year, there'd only been 49,472 uh, adverse reactions to Pfizer and 21,000 to the Oxford. Um, and they've done most recently up from february so that was january 2020 now they've done february 21 and in the space oh no beg your pardon sorry january 24th to february time so 15 weeks sorry 15 weeks later beg your pardon um the pfizer reactions have doubled increasing by 235.5 percent that's a total of so we've gone from 49,000 up to 165,000 and the AstraZeneca has increased by a whopping 2,993% um, to a total of 650,000. Um, and that and the problem is with this is only 1% of people actually report any reactions. So even those reactions aren't um, accurate enough. But what that does is, is it's gone from one in every 333 people having a reaction to one in every 142. So your odds have almost doubled if you will from or is it halved or doubled so you had a one in 333 percent chance of getting it sorry one in 333 and now you've got one in 142 so it's your chances of getting some sort of reaction have almost doubled um in 15 weeks but this isn't um this is they're, they're best saying in this that it, this is it's inaccurate because only one percent of people are actually reporting things, and this coincide coincides with a lot of the. Uh, see, this is why I love Britain sometimes because you got we've got this free, freedom of information request. So I think you guys have the same sort of thing. Um, yep. But what a lot of people have been doing, and this they're sneaky like this, so they've been asking for freedom of information requests for um, funeral homes, how many burials and how many cremations there have been over certain periods. All these individual people have been writing to their councils for these information requests and the information has come back and there's been hardly any difference in in the five-year period of, of burials and cremations. So when they were telling us that all these people were dying and there was body bags piling up, most of the councils um, that have sent these freedom of information requests, the um, they've been saying that the, the, the deaths and cremations haven't, haven't been any busier. In fact, one of them says it was quiet. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand how how that works. If I'm honest, because obviously, you know, we've been told that I think I can't remember how many we've had die now. I think it's we're on about eighty odd thousand. I think maybe a hundred and something thousand, which still isn't a lot in a year when we have you know 
1,500 people dying every day in our country. So it's, it's not a great deal. But when you don't work in medicine and you turn around and say things like that, everyone just thinks you're really callous and, and horrible. But that's unfortunately the way it works. It's like being in the army, right? If they say to you, if you go in the army expecting not to hold a weapon and shoot someone, then you're stupid. If you work in medicine and can't have a frank and earnest conversation about people dying and the negative aspects of bad health and everything else, that's that's not what medicine is. So, But to the outside people, when you talk about these things, you, you can come across as callous when you're just saying, well, we've only had this amount of people die. But then flip it on its head and they do exactly the same thing when they've said, well, actually, the people that are getting these clots, we have we have an average of 500,000 people every year who die of blood clots. So don't worry about it. And you're like, well, that's fine. But you're not talking about the demographics of these people, how old they were, their previous lifestyles and everything else. Something like 50% of them are under 60. So that doesn't make them people that should be having strokes. But if you don't ask the right questions, you're not going to be told that. You'll just go, oh, OK, well, it's in normal parameters. So thank you, Mr. Television. I'll go about my day. And then as soon as you start raising awareness to saying, well, 15 of these 30 something people were 20 years old that that's not normal uh and then that's not even talking about the 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 menstruating cycles that have started finished gone all haywire some women haven't had a menstrual cycle for years and now they're starting to have menstrual cycles again the the miscarriages the 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 problems with um people losing babies nearly at full term um but they're all just sweeping it under the rug uh, we've had one study come out over here that says that there's no link. And we're like, well, how have you done that study? Because I don't know any women that will volunteer for that of childbearing age, not knowing that they'll be all right to do that sort of thing. But, it, you know, they pulled this study out their ass somehow. And, and there was, oh, yeah, it's, it's been proven. And you think, oh, how? It's been out for less than a year. How have they got the data to do this? And how have they got the volunteers? When you see the bullshit, as I'm, go- I'm sure you guys can appreciate, it's just fucking so obvious. You can't, you can't miss it. You don't have to be medically trained to see the shit that's going on but fucking put me that up. goes actually back to like uh, earlier on uh well last year the end of last year i have a good friend of mine he's a doctor he's an emergency room doc in uh, new york city and uh, i called him when they said that you know the bodies were stacking up outside hospitals in new york city and i called him and i was just like man you must be uh because I, I knew he worked a lot and he started out he was a pa in the army and then uh he got out of the army or retired from the army and went, I guess, took like a couple tests because he was an SF medic. So he was pretty much already a doctor or damn near about a doctor. And, uh, he got out and, uh, next thing you know, I find out he's an emergency room doc in New York city and, uh, working emergency medicine. I called him. He's, I was just like, dude, you must be uh, slammed, you know, busy as all hell. He's like, dude, I have not played more Tetris on my phone in my whole entire life than I've been playing since quote unquote, the beginning of this pandemic, because I'd love to know what patients they're talking about because we are fucking dead. There's nobody here and nobody's going out. Nobody's, I was like, well, according to the news, man, I I heard it just today. The bodies are stacking up. They're bringing in, um, what is it? Uh, the, uh, rental trucks, U-Haul trucks, and you guys are throwing bodies in there. This is like, you know, back in the dark ages in England where they were rolling around picking, you know, bring out your dead and they're pushing the carriage around, like throw your dead on here. Um, and I was like, I, you, it sounded horrible. And he's like, yeah, no, no, haven't been, haven't been busy at hey, all. Can Matter I, of fact, don't even know what you're Can I bring about. up one thing real quick? I was like, wow. And you know, um, you know how, um, like talking Please. about falsification of studies or 
like all the bullshit, basically, information that's out there. And I want you to think about something very carefully in regards to the numbers that uh, Mick was reading as far as this is how many people are vaccinated. I would like someone to tell me because I I had to record vaccinations um, in a patient's chart. You have to do um, a state system if you're hooked up with that to put in childhood vaccinations. I want to know where they are getting the data from to tell everybody that 293 million people have been vaccinated because number one, not everybody does computerized systems. Number two, there is no central place at all to record COVID vaccinations. Um, and are they just counting and saying that people were vaccinated, even though they don't have the numbers to prove it, because they're just going on how many doses are in a vial? Like, say, it's a 10-dose vial, and then they're sending, you know, a hundred vials out or whatever. So they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is, you know, a hundred thousand people are vaccinated now because we sent these vials out. Where are they getting this data from? There is no centralized place. So I just want to say, I think that's complete and total horseshit. They're made up numbers because there is no way to know that. Absolutely none. And and I'm not I'm not even going to argue with you on that. I I know that the place that I got the numbers from or the that website that I went to, um, I read the way they did it. Um, that was uh, via phone. They did phone interviews and they asked people, and that's how they got their numbers. Um, now, did they get to the 200? I guarantee they just pulled that off the CDC website because that's the number on the CDC from? website currently right now um, hasn't changed. The other thing I thought was weird, and I don't know about you, I have no idea, but. And Janet, you can answer this. When was the last time that you saw a vaccine shipped in uh, a syringe that already? Happens, that happens Pre, pre-packaged in the syringe. Rarely, but you can get certain manufacturers. Not I've never seen uh, COVID vaccines like that, but there are certain things like DTAP um, that'll come in a pre-filled syringe depending on what the manufacturer is. But they normally don't order those in at the pharmacy. Mm. Well, the they normally don't one, order I, those in at the pharmacy because the pre-filled syringes are glass and they cost a lot more money than what a vial with tin in it would. It's cost saving, so pharmacies don't normally. Okay, well, I just saw them, and uh, I saw some. I saw some. It was, they were in plastic syringes, uh, without the needles. Um, all they have to do is add the needle to it. And it was in a prepackaged thing. Johnson and Johnson came in. It was sealed top and bottom, heat sealed top and bottom. You rip it open, you pull out the syringe, you pop the purple cap off, you put on the needle, boom, right in the arm. Yep. That's how I, I've never, ever seen. I think the only time I, I even asked my, uh, I asked another friend of mine and he's a little bit older. He's older than both you and me, Janet. And, uh, sh he told me, he's like, yeah, uh, the only time I saw that. Yeah. And um, see, they don't normally package anything in a plastic syringe like that. 
uh, because you have to have that added protection because most vaccinations, all, all vaccinations basically are shipped in dry ice. Um, if they're, if they're shipped to your facility, they're packed in dry ice yep. and the plastic syringes do not provide that, um, protection for the actual, you know, whatever medication or vaccination is inside of it. Um, because a lot of those have to stay at a certain temperature, but being with plastic too, there's a breakdown and that's why they always send them in glass always. So if they're sending in something in a plastic syringe, 100%. yeah, oh yeah. If they send it because uh, right? glass can be sterilized, plastic not so much. Um, and so yeah, if something came in a plastic syringe that was prepackaged like that, I sure shit wouldn't take it. Mm -mm. Nope, you don't know what you're getting. So, have you guys have you guys seen that in the UK there, Matt? Yeah, well, no, because um, <laughs> I should share you the show you the video that happened to me when I got ambushed by security guards trying mm -hmm. to go into one of the COVID testing sites. I shared it with Janet. It was just, it's just, insane. Just, it was right at the beginning of the whole thing. They surrounded my car. They wouldn't move. They and all I was doing was filming the the site from outside just to try and work out why it was so big for for just a testing facility. Um, but I got surrounded by door, like loads of security guards. It was quite, you know, I'm all right. I can handle myself, but it was, you know, someone else started filming what was going on with me. And that was the only thing that made them disperse and leave me alone. And that was just me trying to film one of the, um, the centers from a distance. There's been several other videos of people just stood outside filming and the security are proper, proper hostile. So we've not actually been able to get inside kind of with, with a, you know, a saboteur or someone kind of going, you know, undercover, man. So it's been really difficult because I, I, we haven't got as many woke people over here. Uh, no, let me say woke. I don't like saying that word. I don't, we haven't got as many people that are open to there being a possible different narrative than what's being pushed. So it's harder over here. We've got such a such an uphill struggle. So um, the, the problems that I've been seeing is they've been putting the visor vials out on the side, which is supposed to be kept at a, a certain temperature. I think it's minus 800 million degrees or something like that. So when they're putting it out on the side, I think you've got three doses per vial so they're not putting them back in the freezer with that happening. So they've been sat on the side for an indefinite period of time. So I don't know what that would do to the to the to the um, to the jab either. But no one's going in and asking the right questions. But there was one woman that went in and started asking questions. And when she started asking questions, the nurse told her to go and speak to one of the doctors because she didn't know, and it wasn't on the little laminate sheet she had to read off. Uh, and the doctor said, "Look, you've obviously got too many concerns. I can't answer all your questions." And he sent her away. So she basically was genuinely going in to get her jab, but because they couldn't answer the questions that she had, she didn't get it in the end. And that was my concern as well, because it's like, well, hang on a minute, you've got the people giving it who don't know what's going on. The people that are in charge of the the um, the centre don't know what's going on. The doctors that are there don't know what's going on. And they send you back to your own doctor to ask questions. And it's like, well, you're the one working in the centre, the vaccine centre, so you should have loads of leaflets and information for me to right. look at and read to chill me out. And what she did say was funny is she was given a four-paged document that basically listed loads of things, ingredients, uh, well, uh, not ingredients, uh, just warnings and everything else. But she was given the um, she was given the document, and then she was only allowed to read it for about five minutes, and then she had to go in. So she didn't get a chance to read the full four pages of, of things. So she went in there with still some questions, but it, it's it's I don't understand whether people really know the ramifications of what it is that they're actually doing. That's my concern. They just think. We're just doing it. It's good. It's been safe. It's been tested. 
And when I've been going out and seeing my patients, I'm seeing horrendous side effects, horrendous problems with, with things that are normally managed quite well, that are just flaring up, heart failure, fluid retention, COPD problems, all the things that are normally managed quite well that could easily be attributed to other things, but the only thing they've had has been the vaccine. When you raise the concern with the surgery or the doctor, they'll just dismiss it as, oh, no, it's nothing to do with that. And you think, well, you can't. It's a coincidence. Yes, you can't. You can't. In medicine, you can't dismiss anything, really. You've got to kind of keep it there. So for them to just actively dismiss it, it's like, well, you can't do that because you don't know what's causing this problem or this flare up. So you have to be objective to what to, to it being something else as well. But they're just so dismissive of it. It's 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 just horrendous because you can't. There are some doctors that are trying to do something about it, but they can't because their um, practice managers or their senior doctors uh, are basically telling them if you say anything, you're going to lose your job. I've been warned several times from just talking to patients and talking to nursing home staff about how I feel about certain things or what information I've known. And then they've gone back and said, oh, we don't want to have the jab anymore. And then they've paraphrased what I've said. And then that's got me into trouble because it's made me sound like I've just walked in there and said, don't take the fucking vaccine. It's bullshit. But because people can't articulate or recite what you tell them, they just paraphrase it, which makes you sound like some sort of fucking idiot. Oh, we just came in and told us not to fucking take it. It's all bullshit, which is not what you would have said. You would have gone into much more detail, but all they would have listened to is, well, he thinks it's bollocks which doesn't help you. And then I got complaints and then I, I got threatened with losing my job. So they're basically, my my my, sir, uh, my boss at the time turned around to me and said, you don't work for Public Health England, do you? Which is our kind of, you know, like a similar sort of entity as the NHS, but where, where a lot of the research and stuff gets published. And I thought to myself, no, I don't, but I'm, I've got two degrees and I'm studying towards my master's degree. I've got, I've got some experience under my belt, mate. I mean, I'm not retarded to the point where I know nothing. Um, so we had this kind of debate when I was a bit like, well, you, you, you tell us to, 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 to kind of be as informative as we can about certain things and spread public health and everything else. But then when we do, you then tell us that we shouldn't be doing it because it's not our trade. So you can't have one without the other. Um, and yeah, you can't have your tea and your crumpet at the same time. Exactly, unless- exactly. When it suits them, it, it does. And, and I was talking, I was told by a woman who works, who manages a, a nursing home uh, in, in England. And usually they get incentives every year. Um, to, to, to roll out, to, to encourage their staff to have the flu vaccine or the flu jab. And she told me this year that, that there was a pot of £11 million that all these um, nursing homes have potential access to if they can get over 80% uptake of residents and staff taking the vaccine. And when I put that to my boss, he said, oh, that's just the flu vaccine. And I was like, well, what's this then? This is exactly the same as a flu vaccine. You're just masking it and 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 and, and packaging it in a different marketing way. Marketing it as a different, exactly. yeah. But then there was the money incentive because I couldn't work out why the management of the nursing home gave a shit about what I said just because two of their members of staff didn't want to take the vaccine. I'm just a small fish, you know. But what when when you start taking away the money that they might have got, especially if they're on 78% uptake and those two would have made them to 80% and then they would have had a little chip in this 11 million pound pot then you understand why people are so hostile about these people that are not wanting to uptake the vaccine. And when you start thinking to yourself, well, it can't all be about money because we do this because we want to help people. We do. The people on the ground do. The people that clear the shit up of the people that do the dressings, that do the bed baths, that do all the assessments and everything else. The people upstairs, the managers and everything else, they don't give a shit. All they care about is how long you've taken, how many patients you've seen, how much equipment you're using, whether you've done their key performance indicators or not. So that they can get the money from the government. It's not about health anymore, I don't think. Why is it when you go to the doctor and they say, you've got hypertension, Mr. Taylor, 
okay, I'll give you these medications. Well, why didn't you tell me to lose a bit of weight? Why didn't you say to me, stop being so chunky and lose a bit of weight and, uh, and change your lifestyle? Why are you so quick to give me medications to solve something that can be done with six to eight weeks of just changing my diet and do a bit of exercise? Why are you so keen to get me on medicines? And, and, and they're getting they're getting kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies that are saying, "Hey, if you sell more of our product, we'll blow you." And that's exactly what's happening. And, that's and it. they're getting great DJs yeah. out of it. And that's it. Um, and one minute. Well, and sorry, go. On. Now with that, when we were talking, you were just you brought up a really good point about the money again, because here we are back to following money, and it's really funny how you brought that up. You brought this up all at the same time because when we start talking about stuff like the. Um, the spike protein, which, Hey, Janet, you're going to, you're going to get your, your wish right now. And we're going to get right into that because that spike protein one really has a weird, um, I just found this, uh, study that was done about the spike protein. And this is why when I was, when we brought up the point before where you were talking about the comment combating the two and how the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine and an MRNA vaccine, some replicate, some actually target specific parts of a cell. Um, and we start talking about the shedding and everything else. Well, I just read this study that, and I don't know if Janet, you're going to talk about this, but there was a study that was just published that said that this one, that the Pfizer one specifically, and I'm obviously, I've got a little bit to do with that one because that's the one I currently have in my body. Um, supposedly it cuts that spike protein off inside your body. Now this study showed that it didn't kill the actual protein itself. It just sits there and spins and the fucker's still alive and it attaches to another cell. So you may have prevented, and this is what they were saying as a possibility to those who have been vaccinated already that are getting COVID again, um, because all it did was cut it off. It didn't actually kill it and it still lived within the human body and it attached itself to another cell becoming a separate disease than what the vaccine is actually looking for. It's oh, looking variant. for the cell with that pro protein on it. No, a variant still has the natural COVID middle um, and it changes the disease. And now all of a sudden people are getting COVID again, but it's attached itself to a different cell. And now that cell is replicated within your body and now you're getting ill again. And it's something that they consider they're talking about it as a shedding incident, but it's not really a virus shedding incident as far as I'm concerned. It's just actually it, the protein being attacked. And when I, when you talk about this money thing, and that's why I was weird because if you remember, Pfizer was the first one in the US. I don't know about the UK. Pfizer was the first one to come out here in the US. Um, does anybody remember the dollar amount Pfizer got for producing this yeah. vaccine it was company a couple now. billion dollars yeah yeah it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was just under it's like two right. it was like 1.97 yeah, like billion, billion. it's yeah. almost two billion dollars and and that's for the rollout the uh producing it the rollout and everything else within the six months that they had to do it and then oh yeah then the fda's got to clear off on it and everything else now everybody says that well trump was dirty for that because he pushed out no trump went to seven different companies seven different companies had to come up with this. And that's the way Trump did it is he put it out there to seven different companies. Hey, you guys come up with it. I'm, I'm just telling you that if you come up with it, we'll buy it. I really don't want to bring Trump into this because I'm really on the fence on that one right now. I'd rather just not talk, bring politics into this one at all, honestly. Um, but it goes back to the money is it my does. point. It goes back to the money, but, but hold on. So you actually had it right with the shedding because we talk about the vaccine shedding 
um, or the jab shedding on other people, on unvaccinated people, but it's not really shedding. Shedding is exactly what you just described, Mick, where it's replicating within your own body. When you're affecting other people, unvaccinated people, that's more transmission than shedding. Um, But so before we get there, though, real real quick, I just want to wrap up with a, a couple other numbers here from the United States. So I pulled the the VAERS, the most recent VAERS results, and this goes to, I think, May 14th was the last time it was it was uploaded, updated. Um, and was it Fauci? Someone got called in front of uh, the Senate Health and Services Committee just this past week. Yeah. And yeah, that was Fauci. Because okay, so that's fa- where yeah. I got that. So Fauci, yeah. From. So Fauci got called out, called on the floor on this one. And a senator flat out told him, he said, look, there have already been almost 4,000 deaths at that point from people that have gotten the shot. And that's just reported through VAERS. And we all know that they estimate between only one and 10% of adverse reactions are ever reported to VAERS because either doctors don't know about it. They don't take the time to do it. People don't know that they can put in their own VAERS reports. They don't even know that VAERS exists. But as the Senator so succinctly put it, that means that 30 people a day right now are dying from the COVID shot, 30 people a day. And the last major vaccine rollout that they had, um, 53 people total died and they shut it down because they said it was too risky. And now we're at 30 deaths a day. But no, that's just a coincidence. That's not a big deal. So I I pulled the most recent VAERS data and there are currently a reported 4,063 deaths in the United States since the beginning of the vaccine rollout. So 4,063 deaths reported that they can directly correlate to the shot, that they, ca- they can't say is a coincidence. There's no other reason for these people to have died. There are 1,031,498 serious adverse reactions reported. Let me say that number again. 1,031,498 serious adverse events reported to VAERS from the COVID shot. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, that's okay, but right? That's perfectly acceptable. Hmm? I said, that's they're, they're trying to make it out like that's okay. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, that's, that's within the, you know, within the acceptable range. Yes. Death is okay. You know, it's only, it's only a million people. So. They need them anyway. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And that's just in the first four months of the rollout. What's going to happen in four years? It, people aren't even going to be alive then. I, I don't want to get there yet either. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all about it's all about the money. It is all about the money. I've got a couple of things that I can I can sort of segue into that, and then we can go we can circle back, <laughs> circle back, as they say. Okay, Pasaki. <laughs> so <coughs> that's my girl. Circle back, Pasaki. So um, one one study I read or one article I read a little while ago was talking about. So we've been having a lot of emphasis on antibodies in your blood over here in the UK. And um, if you understand how antibodies work, they're not in your body all the time, only get released when you're unwell, blah, 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 blah. Um, But we'll we'll put that actual part of of anatomy aside that we know happens, but we'll pretend that your body has loads of antibodies just floating about in it all the time. um, For those of us that that, want to just believe that. What they've been doing when they've been looking for the antibodies is they've been looking for specific antibodies related to COVID. Now, what I read was... Because COVID is a sister virus of coronaviruses, it's very likely that if you've had flu in the past or a coronavirus in the past, 
the antibodies you would have had from that will be enough to set to protect you from from the COVID variant because they're very similar viruses. But what they weren't doing was searching for those other antibodies. They were just searching for COVID-specific antibodies, which, to be fair to you, would be minimal because if your previous antibodies from a previous infection would kill the COVID virus, they would never know because they weren't looking for it. So basically, the coronavirus have been put together from loads of other coronaviruses that have been floating about that you've already got immunity to or somebody's got immunity to, but they're not searching for those antibodies. They're searching for the specific COVID ones, which not many people have because if you've got natural immunity to it, it's probably because... You've had coronavirus in the past, not COVID-19, but another coronavirus. And the antibodies that got rid of that are strong enough to get rid of the COVID virus. All right. Does that make sense? So if you're looking for specific antibodies that are specific to COVID-19, I don't know how they're going to do that because I don't know if they know what they are. Um, They're they're going to find a very small amount of people that have actual natural antibodies. If they were to do a broad spectrum analysis of antibodies, of other coronaviruses, they'll probably find that people had loads of antibodies because they've been subjected to those coronaviruses before. But because this is a new variant, no one's going to have any, any antibodies because not everybody's been exposed to it. Um, and if they have, we don't know whether their old antibodies would have been enough to kill it. But that wouldn't have shown because they, it would have shown, but they weren't looking for it. They were looking for specific COVID antibodies. So you're narrowing the field. So, I got a question about that because when the antibody, the antibody is not going to look any different under a microscope, is it if it's a different one for COVID than it is for one of the other COVID? I mean, they should all look about the same, right? Well, that, yeah, exactly that. That's the point. A, lo- a lot of these antibodies can be made up of all the different coronaviruses and noroviruses, coronavirus infections you've had over the years will be enough combined to get rid of the coronavirus. But if they're mm-hmm. searching specifically for those particular antibodies, they're only searching for the COVID ones, they might never find them because it wasn't those antibodies specifically that got you better. It was previous exposure to other colds and flus that got rid of the COVID virus, Corona-19 mm-hmm. virus, sorry, which which would explain why people don't have very many antibodies. And then it goes on to then talk about, which is the other thing, is you guys have heard about the problems with the blood donors, right? So anybody that's had the vaccine, the Red Cross's turn around and says that they don't want any blood from them because the vaccine actually eliminates all the antibodies that you've got in your body already or in the blood already. So it's contaminating the plasma. So they can't accept any plasma from anybody who's been vaccinated at least once with the coronavirus. And that was in the States. Guys. I don't know what's happening over here. Yeah, Red Cross. I've actually, I've got a clip here of that that I want to play. And this is from um, the news at, uh, news at four. Hold on one moment here. COVID-19 vaccine, you're going to want to listen to this. The Red Cross says anyone who has received their COVID-19 vaccine cannot donate convalescent plasma to help other COVID-19 patients in hospitals. That plasma is made up of antibodies from people who have recovered from the virus, but the vaccine wipes out those antibodies, making the convalescent plasma ineffective in treating other COVID-19 patients. Well, shit, I don't know how I'm going to get beer money now. I mean, because that's how I used to get beer money. The concern is, though, is about 70% of the population in the world so far has had a vaccine and only a tiny percent of people actually donate blood full stop. So they've potentially wiped out all the blood donors in the world. Oh, yeah. Overnight. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely yeah. right, because that would vi- that would do everything. That would be blood. That would be plasma. That would be everything that you donate. 
uh, if you give to the Red Cross. I mean, I can't because I've had too many surgeries and I've had too many blood transfusions, so I can't donate blood. But And I'm just at the threshold now where I'm going to be able to start donating again because I had a blood transfusion when I had eyes, when they cut our youngest child out of me. But because that, he almost killed me. And they're always after me for my blood because I'm AB negative. So it's incredibly right. rare. Mm. And at the same time, it's really hard for them to find blood to give to me because it is so rare. Mm. That, that, that is, I'm really I, I never even thought about that. You're absolutely right. That destroys everything that you I'm now are. Right as well. Blood banks are going to go short across the world. You think they're going to do like a, um, like a split thing? Like where let's say I go in there to give blood, right? If I could, imagining that I could, if I could go in there and get blood and I stick my arm out there and they take my blood. And do you think they're going to start a separate collection point for those who've been vaccinated? Like, uh, they're going to ask you, have you been vaccinated? And if you say yes, they're going to collect your blood still, but you're going to go in a separate pot where unvaccinated blood's going to go to one vaccinated blood's going to go to another. I sure should hope so. Well, the concern you've got there is if 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 what if the if the COVID vaccine jab, sorry, wipes out just specific COVID antibodies, how do we know it doesn't wipe out all the other antibodies you got in your blood as well? Why would it be so specific as to target one antibody? So technically, we are going to be relying on the unvaccinated. The irony to potentially give blood donors to the people that have been vaccinated to potentially save them if they need a blood transfusion. Well, what, let's say, okay, let's say something happens to me and I get a blood transfusion again and I've been vaccinated and then all the sudden, all the sudden, all my systems start crashing because my white blood cells go and kill everything that was just injected to me or given to me from unvaccinated blood because it doesn't recognize any of it. And it's already been trained to look for this other shit. Now, all of a sudden I'm dead because it rejected the blood that was given to me because Wow. I've never, ever, that is, that is blowing your mind a bit, babe. That, that, that fucks with my brain. That hurts. And the I mean, I, is, I is, is they just drop that story into the population. Like it was nothing. Oh, just, you know, you can't give blood anymore. That's fine. Don't worry. Yay. And then you realize, hang on a minute, how many people would have had the vaccination that would give blood? That That's the thing. Cause most of the people that are law abiding, lovely people have taken the vaccine or the jab. They would also give blood as well. Cause they're nice people. But we've just well, actually wiped at our, like for instance, at our church, I do a thing. I work in the church at, uh, for other things, and uh, one of the things, the group of guys that I am with all the time, we put on a blood drive every month for the Red Cross, and uh, we always get a ridiculous number of people because there's so many people that come to our church that volunteer to show up for the blood drives, and they get tons of blood, and we give like some uh, normal a normal blood drive for us is eighty something pints of blood. And that's, uh, I don't know if anybody's aware, that's actually a lot of blood. That's mm. not a small amount. And for us to collect 80 pints of blood at a blood drive is a big deal. And uh, that's almost 200 people. I'm thinking about it now. And if you start really thinking about it, uh, holy crap, that means now if everybody and most of our parishioners, some of our parishioners are young like I am, but most, and I'd say majority of our parishioners are older that probably went and got the vaccine and they were the ones that were donating blood. Now what? I mean, because that's 80 pints of blood that the Red Cross no longer can get from us, and um, or that will be viable at least. And now you really have to wonder. I mean, I'm just sitting here scratching the side of my head going, holy shit, that's going to put a big dent in blood supplies and everything else across the U.S. Oh, the, it's not going to matter anyway. The world, Honestly, you know, across the sitting world. in church today, I'm looking around and my black-pilled brain, I'm going, hmm, 
How many of these people are going to be dead by the end of the year? Hmm. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to have a serious autoimmune disease. You're going to lose your baby. You're going to die. Our church could very well be empty by the end of the year. And that's just my black pill brain working. And that's the nanobites, though. They put no, nanobites no. in you, me. So you, I'm yeah, good. no, liquid nanoparticle. That's what it was. That's what the SB 107 or 102 is. It's a liquid nanoparticle. Well, I already have nanomites in me, so it doesn't matter. Well, they, I, that was to fix your brain. Which, <laughs> yes. I'm not sure how all well that worked. It, but, it failed. Um, it failed miserably. It's part of the super soldier program, if you're not aware. I know. Matt, if you're not aware, Mick had brain surgery 15 years ago. They told me he'd be dead five years after. They actually removed a part of his corpus callosum um, and uh, reattached his skull badly. He's constantly having screws pop loose. It's pretty funny, actually. Um, And it it actually cured his dyslexia and made him a bit of an idiot savant, a prophetic savant as well. So um, look, you don't get to try and be British now just because we got a British guy on the fucking show. Stop. What are you talking about? Idiot savant is not British. That yeah, but you're using big funny. words that are fucking making a lot of people's heads hurt right now. Uh, so when I say that Mick was one of the first super soldiers, I'm kind of not kidding because, I mean, the military went into his brain, fucked around in there, put it back together, stuck his skull back on, and sent him back out in the world to kill a bunch more people. Mm. So... Um, I think, yeah, when I say that Mick was one of the first super soldiers, I'm, I'm really not kidding. And, and this is the thing as well. People don't realize just how much blood gets shipped all around the world. So all the blood that gets taken in America, US or whatever in the England, it doesn't just stay in England. It gets shipped all over the world where they need it. So this, although it was just, cause we've not heard nothing about this in, the, in England. I only found, saw that video and shared it. Red Cross obviously is worldwide. So it's gotta be, there's gotta be some sort of, you know, outpour from that across the rest of the world but i'm just wondering why no one else is picking it up but what about the people that need dialysis or the people that need blood transfusion with trauma and everything else if you're if you're then cutting that blood supply you're inadvertently getting rid of the dead wood of people that need that kind of treatment over a long-term period if you know what i mean so it's another almost culling of a certain demographic again indirectly remember eight Remember AIDS? I mean, if you remember the AIDS virus, when that started back in the 80s, that was the first thing affected. They they started doing what to blood? That's when they started scanning blood to see what type of viruses and stuff you had in your blood. Oh, I, I'm just like, all right, yeah, you just blew my mind with that one because I didn't even think about it that way with blood and blood supply and how much blood we're not going to have that might not be, it might still be good. My point is, is it's not gonna be viable. It, it's, uh, if you're a vaccinated person, you're going to have to get a specific type of blood now. You're going to have to get somebody else's blood that was vaccinated. If you're unvaccinated, you're not going to be able to get a vaccinated person's blood. You're going to have to get someone who is unvaccinated, especially if we can't figure out how the, your cells were reprogrammed through the MRNA or um, vaccines, you know, how your cells, how your white blood cells were reprogrammed because it might look at everything as foreign and fuck it all up. And you could just die just being there getting a, right. a blood That's transfusion. Correct. God forbid you needed it. I mean, that is, you're absolutely, see, I, I did a, not think about it that I've way. had to do this once before, um, well, before I had my back surgery done. Like they ask me to self-donate um, starting several months ahead of time where they, you know, I went in and donated blood for my own surgery. And that's exactly if anybody needs, um, 
surgery, transplant, uh, infusion, packed cells, anything like that, you are going to have to, if you have not received the vaccination, you're going to have to self-donate for any procedure uh, in the future because we don't know what the long-term effects are on the blood system. Yeah, the 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 times of uh, type and cross matching blood for people that's that's gone now because now you're going to have to not only type and cross match, but then I also need you vaccinated, unvaccinated, and God forbid it's an emergency situation, then and you're not conscious. Um, that will have to be a decision made. I don't know how they're going to make that decision either because it's not like you can test my blood and find out if I'm vaccinated or unvaccinated. Well, oh, what the fuck am I talking? By then we're all going to be wearing, passports. we're going to be wearing stars and we're going to have uh, RFID freaking tags right here that you can come up and get scanned and read. And Lisa it'll be Ferris. like, yes, I gotcha. Honestly, babe, that's probably one of the best arguments I've heard for the vaccine passport right there. That's it. That's the only one. Um, and you, that's some crazy shit. And you got a but, uh, Thank you for now blowing my mind. I'm fucked for the rest of the day. <laughs> hey, man, that's my pleasure. I'm glad I could give you something to chew on. But the only other thing I want to add on to that is we need to do some further research, and I wish I never did now, to see if there's any correlation between everybody who – the people that are in charge of the Red Cross, whether there's any intertwining between the people that are buying up all the farmland. So if they start coming together, they'll start farming and, and, and mm -hmm. rationing right. blood and food, which are the two main things – we obviously need to um, right. to exist. Survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically you want to see if Bill Gates is funding the Red Cross. Well, I didn't mean Bill Gates exactly, but it's, it's like a tedious link of, of kind of um, some sort of intertwining kind of thing, isn't it? It's normally one person that works for a couple of people. It's not normally obvious, is it? But that's something I, I need to dig into because we've done some work with the Red Cross before. And over in England now, they're reducing their kind of scope and presence because they just simply can't afford to anymore. So, well, I wonder what they're going to be going into um, instead. And they also do a lot of um, foreign aid and things as well, if there's been right. any disasters and all that kind of stuff and everything else. So, I don't know, man. Well, definitely watch the Soros Foundation because I yeah. can guarantee you that's you're going to see yeah. something for – you're going to see a lot for that. Exactly. And all, all the offshoots of, of Soros as well because he hides his, his money relatively well. So, mm. um, all right. Well, let's, let's, let's move on because – I'm sure you guys know that the CDC has recommended that pregnant women get the vaccine. And this is the most disturbing thing to me. And there's so many disturbing things. So they recently did a study of 827 pregnant women to get the vaccine. And of those 827 people, there were 712 live births and 104 spontaneous abortions. Of those 104 spontaneous abortions, 96 of them were women who had taken the vaccine during the first trimester. There were only 107 women in the first trimester included in the study. So 107 women in their first trimester of pregnancy got the shot. 96 of them miscarried. 96 of them miscarried out of 107. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then of the children that were born... 60 of them were born prematurely, 23 of them were very undersized, poor growth, and 16 of them had serious congenital abnormalities. So tell me again hey, why pregnant minute. women should take the vaccine? This is what I was looking up a while ago, um, which goes along with what you just said, because anytime you give a vaccination, you're required as a provider 
least in the United States, to give what's called a vaccine information statement is a printable statement that you're required to keep on hand to give every patient regarding every vaccination that you give them. So being that we have multiple different um, manufacturers now, there's a different vaccine information statement for each one. And this one is, they're usually one page, mind you. This is a fact sheet because there is no vaccination statement available for an emergency use authorization only vaccination. So this is a fact sheet for that, uh, for the, just, this is just the Pfizer one, seven pages long. And it talks about how it may help prevent you from getting it. Although it says on there also that it, it might not prevent everybody from getting it, all this, whatever. And then you scroll down like pages and pages and pages. And it said, you should mention your vaccination provider before you get the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccination. If you have any allergies, if you have a fever, if you have bleeding disorders or on blood thinners, immunocompromised or a medicine that affects your immune system, are pregnant or plan to become pregnant, breastfeeding, have received other COVID vaccines or have ever failed or fainted in association with an injection. So they're telling you on their vaccination <clears throat> fact sheet that they're concerned about pregnant or possibly becoming pregnant or breastfeeding women ever getting the vaccination in the first place. Even though they're also talking out of the other side of their mouth saying that you should get it. Well, my understanding is that the only time... Go ahead. So my understanding is that the, the spike protein that the vaccine is supposed to attack is only naturally found in the body when in making a placenta, when you're gestating, when a, when a mother is growing a new human life inside her, that's when that spike protein naturally appears in the body and that's it. So why would you take a vaccine or a shot that is designed to kill the spike protein that only naturally appears in your body That's when you're growing question. a new life inside you. It's, it's mind-boggling. This goes back to when we were talking about earlier with the, the aborted fetuses and them using the cells from that. I think this is where that's why the, the, the women have been pregnant or nearly there, have had the miscarriages and so forth, because I think the vaccine does something. Like I say, it's, it's indiscriminate with the cells, so I don't know whether it, affects the placenta cells that are forming as well and then as a result of that it gets aborted i don't know there was there was a there was a doctor an american doctor i think who came on the tv his wife was seven months pregnant i think three days after she took the first jab she aborted um and then yep. that was it for him um my wife is is we've got no plans on having any future children um but that's the excuse that she's going to give if she ever gets back into a corner is that she might want to have some more children and i suggest any woman that wants to have an excuse for not taking it other than the obvious stuff we've been talking about for nearly you know uh 18 months is you don't know if you want to have children and that that would be enough to be honest and to be even more honest right now even before the shot rolled out the birth rate across the world has declined so much that we cannot even replenish the oldest generation at the moment. 
So there are not enough babies to make up for the grandparents that are dying. And that was before COVID. The birth rate has already declined, especially in these quote unquote first world countries that we live in, like America and the UK and, you know, most of Europe. Um, The birth rate is already so low that we're not replenishing the, the outgoing generation. So now you're they're restricting the fertility or or impeding the fertility of people to such a degree that you're and you know we go back to we like to say that if you want to know what's going to mm-hmm. happen in the future watch a movie from 10 years ago and I remember that movie that came out not quite 10 years ago but it was um you know the last woman on earth that got pregnant and they were desperately trying to save her and and oh, all of that it's Clive uh, that dude in it what's his name is it is it um oh, I didn't watch that the other day it, it was a British movie too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, can't remember the, I think it's Clive Owen who's the actor I think it's no it's not yep. no country for old men it's something different than that I can't remember what it's called yeah that wasn't that wasn't Clive Owen either no 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 no, no I, I, but you know the movie I'm talking about, and I feel like that's where we're going. Like women are just, they're going to be so desperate to get pregnant. And uh, there's already a lot of women desperate to get pregnant. I mean, the, to where the, they hit out in the tank, right? The number one serial killer of all time is Planned Parenthood. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's so, that's I mean, they kill more babies. Children of men. Literally millions of babies on an annual basis. What was that? Sorry. Children of men is the movie. Yes. yes. That was it. Um, that was it. And and I feel like that's where we're going really quickly. Well, and, and you know, it's funny that you brought the, the part about the kids and everything into this again. And I, I, I laugh at it because, you know, uh, obviously because of our ties to everything out there, Q related, you name it, Q or whatever, you know, his concern was always, kids. always about the kids. Always but about the if, kids. When it comes to the, uh, the uh, you were saying something about the, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. You said something about the, uh, uh, not just the abortion, but the, uh, oh, I can't remember now. It was right there on the tip of my tongue. It's gone. See, this is what, what happens. Impeding brain fertility? Uh, well, not, not only impeding fertility. And I know that uh, Matt and maybe, uh, well, I'm sure Matt will and Janet, will, I know Janet will, but there's also, there was a study just recently done. They were saying that there is a, was it a 60% less testosterone in men mm-hmm. yeah. um, over the, like they did a study, I guess over the last like 15 years. And they said that there is a drop of like over 60% or more testosterone in men. And you, I mean, you see it every day. Mm-hmm. Look at all the tight pants walking around. You see it every fucking day. Um, look at the retardation that we see going on in the trans culture. And it's not just, I mean, it's not that the trans culture is bad or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you look at that and you look at men, I mean, look where men have become, you know, back in the day, they would talk about men. They would talk about people like uh, John, uh, John Wayne. They would talk about, you know, real like right. men, alpha, alpha men. guys. Mm. Yep. How many of those do you see anymore today? Well, you know, if you're an alpha guy, I get yelled at all the time because people say you're too aggressive. Mm-hmm. How the fuck am I aggressive? I just told you the fucking truth. I don't give a shit whether you like it or not. That's not about, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to tell you the truth. And if you don't like the truth, you know, you see these and I, Janet calls them beta mm-hmm. bitches. They're all over the place. They will get in your face and slap you and say, well, you're too Stop aggressive. It. Oh, I'm too aggressive. Stop okay. It. Well, Stop it, Nick. you got another Stop. fucking thing coming. So I actually have a theory about that. And it's not my theory. I, I stole it from another medical professional. Not that I'm a medical professional, but, um, and it actually goes back to, to standard vaccines, not the COVID vaccine per se, but all vaccines have aborted, Correct. or most vaccines have aborted fetal tissue in them. And we have gone from giving 
just over a dozen vaccines to our children in the last 15 years to giving over 75 vaccines to our children when they're infants. Yeah, first six years of their life. Right. So if you are giving 75 vaccines to a child, 77, I think it is, um, with aborted fetal tissue, what is the what is the chance that just based on a percentage, there's at least a 50-50 chance that your boy baby is going to get female cells from that aborted fetal tissue? So you are injecting your male children with female cells from the time they're born. You're training their bodies right. to make less testosterone. And that's I, I, what it does as well. If, if, you, if you supplement your body with something too much, your, your body thinks it's got enough of it, so it stops producing it. That's why if you keep taking testosterone tablets as a bodybuilder or whatever, your balls shrink because your body thinks right. it's, it's producing enough testosterone, so your, your balls stop producing the testosterone. So- that's basically what would happen if you've got too much of something in your body that's coming in from an external source, your body will just stop producing it. Um, the problem with that is then you've got estrogen in your body mixing with <coughs> testosterone as well, which could cause all sorts of kind of internal comp- – we, we just don't know. There's, there's so much stuff we don't know about what it could do. There was another study I read as one well, a little while ago about the sperm count going back to the fertility problem as well. They reckon the, the Western man's sperm count is over half – the amount it was something like 20, mm-hmm. uh, 30 years ago as well. So not only are our balls shrinking, our little tadpoles are disappearing as well. Uh, it's, it's just, <laughs> is, that, is that because our balls are getting smaller? Well, I don't know. I mean, so I've heard a story. I heard a theory that this is because obviously more women now are right. using the contraceptive pill, right? And um, they take the contraceptive pill, they, they urinate it out, and then it goes into the water supply. It gets, it gets cleaned and then and recycled, and then you drink that water. Now, apparently... When they recycle the water and everything else, you can't get rid of certain things that are in the water and certain hormones that are in the contraceptive pill for women are then being ingested or drank by men. Inherently then, what's making men sterile. I've heard the theory of this, but obviously I'm not saying this is true, but that, that that's one theory mm-hmm. I've heard. But It is a theory. I mean, oh, you know, be, that's, yeah. that's really interesting, Matt, because um, I just heard a doctor yesterday talking about the, the – vaccine shedding or the the spike protein transmission. And she essentially said the same, that it's actually transmitted through fecal matter. So the best way to avoid spike protein shedding is to use different bathrooms from people who've been vaccinated. Well, I heard fluoride. If you remember Janet, Janet, you remember the fluoride days where they put fluoride in the water system. They still do. And, uh, do it. I, what do you want to put money on that that's got something to do with it too i mean i've heard that fluoride has a if you have too much or you ingest too much or you have more than what you're supposed to have in your body that has an effect on testosterone limit levels um even in women it has uh, estrogen level issues or right. you know it, it causes fertility with, problems correct yeah i mean what do you want to bet that's got something to do with it too i mean it there are so many different things in that have never been studied, so they don't know. I just think it's odd that all of a sudden they came out with a study about testosterone um, and saying that testosterone had dropped off in 15 years in men and it's not being produced as heavily in men anymore. And I'm just like, wow, what do we have going on now? Look at, we've got COVID. Um, you have, I mean, you didn't hear about this shit years ago because right. people weren't such a bunch of pussies. I mean, honestly. It, nobody was a bunch of douchebags like we've become. Yeah, George Carlin went, you know, swimming in the uh, the yeah, Hudson, fucking Hudson, just that, just to build his immune system. That's it. No, they went there to cool off. It was just filled with everything else, you know, yeah. shit and everything else. It didn't matter. They were going in there to cool off, though. I mean, but all right. So going back to this uh, this spike protein shedding. 
So we're hearing reports on the ground, you know, stories, firsthand stories of, for example, a five-month-old baby who uh, died after breastfeeding from his vaccinated mother uh, had an anaphylaxis reaction and died within hours of breastfeeding Mm -hmm. after the mother had been vaccinated. Um, Then one-year-old girls who are menstruating after being in contact with their vaccinated parents, um, postmenopausal women who are who start bleeding again, women getting their periods in two or three periods in a month. Um, they finish their period. They're you know they think they're done for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden they gotta run back out to the store and and or send their husbands out to to get another pink box um, because they're all of a sudden bleeding and not just spotting like heavily bleeding, essentially shedding their entire uterine lining, which again is just blood clots. It's just blood. Um, but they're shedding their entire uterine lining outside of their normal cycle after coming in contact with people that have gotten the shot. How does, how is that going to affect the fertility of those people? I mean, that baby that's a year old that started her period, how is she well, ever going to have a baby? That's a very good question because a lot of the things that are required um, for a healthy, you know, environment for a baby per se in your uterine wall and stuff, you need, you know, levels of uh, estrogen, progesterone, HCG. Um, you need all of those things to have a healthy lining. And if you are exposed and you're continually shedding that lining, there is no way for you to have, you know, uh, a fertilized egg implanted into your wall because the chemicals aren't there because, excuse me, your hormone balances change uh, when you're not shedding and when you are shedding. And if you're constantly getting rid of that layer that you need to have in there to to be a, a healthy, fertilizable area, you're not going to be able to carry a child. There's going to be so many miscarriages in the future because your lining is not healthy enough to sustain life at all. It's just not possible. We've we've been trying to work on this shedding thing over here a little bit more because there's not. I mean, we know that you, the body sheds right. viruses and bad stuff all the time, uh, has done for, for millennia, but it's never usually been an issue because it's usually the dead virus cells or, or just stuff that's not going to cause any problems to anybody. So all of a sudden, this 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 shedding coming out now to the point where it's actually causing mm-hmm. people next to you to have problems. We generally, I've never heard of this before. Um, and when I've been speaking to other doctors and listened to other podcasts, they, they have said we need to tackle this shedding mm-hmm. issue completely separately because it's just something we've never really come into contact with to the point where it's causing uh, side effects to people. Obviously, you spoke about it earlier, um, Veeling, about the transmission, which would be a probable cause with breastfeeding and everything else because you transfer your, your antibodies. You can also, unfortunately, transfer viruses and bacteria as well. But the the, the one-year-old who's just started menstruating, just being around it, I, it I've never heard of anything like this happening to, to, to this extent. So I think we're, we're coming into new new territory here, which should scare it, people. It, it really should. Well, actually, stand by. No, we, we, right. we have we have heard of it before because uh, 
if you remember, I'm trying to remember the disease, uh, the one out of Africa, it was uh, Ebola. Ebola. Mm-hmm. Ebola. If you remember Ebola, Ebola, one of the first signs that you had it, your eyes started bleeding. I mean, holy crap, just out of nowhere, it's a mucus gland and your eyes started bleed. Literally, eyes in but your, in your tear were- well, where after they were exposed, one of the initial symptoms that they got was their tear ducts started bleeding or producing blood instead of water. And that is, if you've never seen that, that is uber weird. And I've seen a couple people have had it, but that's another, it was another issue um, that they wept blood. I forget what the name of the disease was, but they had a thing where they had, they constantly had a rag and they were constantly cleaning their tear duct because their tear duct was actually bleeding. But that was something we saw actually before in Ebola. And Ebola lived outside the human body for what? uh, 72 hours before the disease actually died. Um, And that's why its transmission rate and its effect and its death rate were just phenomenal, just absolutely amazing because it could live outside the human body for up to 72 hours. And um, any transmission there is... That was nuts. That's why Ebola was something we went after. It was bad. Shoot, we saw the video and actually started in the UK was one of the first confirmed Western cases was the first one confirmed in the UK Mm. and shit in America. I remember we like lost our shit about Ebola. And uh, Mm -hmm. I I know you remember that, Janet. What's that? Ebola has been around for years as well. That's the only thing. It's it's been uh, horrible in Africa. No, Um, I was just going to say- um, I do remember that, but I also remember there was a viral shedding incident when they were giving oral polio vaccinations. That is why they no longer give oral polio vaccinations. Yep. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things where all these other problems were caused by the oral polio vaccination and so they shut it down. They went to, you know, the injection, the jabby jab. But there's been so many documented cases throughout history about uh, viral shedding, and they still don't know how it happens, or they do, and they're just telling us they don't know how it happens. And then they'll say, well, it's been, it's been very few few documented cases of that in history. Oh, well, we think it came from, you know, infected fecal matter, um, things of that nature. Like they really do. They do not have any idea how viral shedding occurs because viral shedding is normal in your body. Anyway, when you come in contact um, with, if you believe the germ theory, that is, if you actually believe viruses and bacteria exist, um, it goes into your cell. Use the cell uses it up. It excretes it in different matters, um, and that is what viral shedding is. It like encapsulates that, and you know your body gets rid of that. So, but for that to jump from your body to somebody else's body that's next to you. They have no idea how that's happening, and I'll guarantee you it has to be through respiratory transfer. Um, There's no other thing it could be because, you know, not everybody's going to. Yeah, because that's the fastest way in the bloodstream is through respiratory. It's through respiratory transfer. It has to be because that is the only way you can get it into the body that fast or in the bloodstream that fast. Yeah. Well, and Matt, I know you've got another 
another thing going on here soon, so we're not going to keep you for too much longer. We've been going a little longer than we expected. I'll There's it anyway. A- don't worry. Don't worry. I'll have to do it next week with him, but it's fine. I just wanted to say, uh, jump onto what the back of what Janet was just saying there because um, there has to be a live virus transfer for you to get infected. This is where the whole asymptomatic transmission right. thing is, is is blown out of the water because if you don't have enough viral load in your body, you won't have symptoms. Uh, right. A virus generally doesn't lay dormant in your body without producing symptoms. If your body controls it, like hepatitis or whatever, it will always be there. But if your body gets sidetracked fighting something else, you get your cold sores and other symptoms. But usually there has to be live virus transfer uh, for, 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 for the virus to transfer from A to B. I don't necessarily believe, and there'll be my friends rolling their eyes at me now, um, but I don't necessarily believe viruses can, can live for three days outside the body. I don't think so because they have to, as Janet says, they have to consume other cells because they've only got RNA. They haven't got the full cell. Right. So they need to replicate and multiply in our cells to continue to, to, to multiply. If they haven't got any cells to, to multiply and, and destroy, they can't survive. How a cell can survive out of your human body for three days I have no idea how they would do that. The reason viruses can live, survive so well in our body is because of the homeostasis of the heat, damp, and everything else. Outside or on a side, they've not got none of that. I do not know how these viruses would be able to survive that long out of the human body. So I don't know whether they've they've just what conditions they use to make these studies or anything else, or whether it's just another element of fear that they're putting in. But generally, how would a virus just be dormant lying around? For you then to catch yeah, it, because it would not, technically be it's dead. It's not possible. So this is—it's absolutely thing. not possible because no, not only not. are they. And I, honestly, Go I don't. I, I, oh, I was just going to say I don't know if that was accurate with what I read about Ebola. I mean, I—I I was alive for Ebola. I wasn't like doing this and I sure as hell wasn't smart enough to know what my prick did at that point. But I'm just saying with Ebola, it Mm. was, and that might be, you might be absolutely right. It might've been uh, fear porn that they were trying to pump out there just Mm -hmm. to keep um, everybody at bay with Ebola. But I just remember Ebola had a very, that was the problem with Ebola. That was the biggest issue that they, and, and most of the research I've done on Ebola and things I've read about Ebola, um, that was the big problem with Ebola is it could survive outside the body for an amount of time. And to be honest with you, I'm not hundred percent sure if it was three days or not, or up to 72 hours. I just know it had a long lifespan outside the human body Mm. that made it a very, um, I mean, the fact that it could survive in an uh, environment such as Africa, I mean, let's just go ahead and talk about Africa. It, the temperatures there are normally between 90 to 100 degrees every day. I mean, that's not exactly a cold area to be in. It's not like it's going to kill a virus like that. But there's also other things like the sun and all that other shit out there. So I'm not really sure how it survived that. And I agree with you. I don't understand that myself either. But I know for a fact that it, it did have a very long uh it, I won't say it was dormant, but it had a long window outside the body that it could survive. That That's why its transmission rates were just ridiculous. And it, it, it really was. If you ever watch, uh, we watched a video, a movie about it. It was, uh, I forget what outbreak. it was called. No, it wasn't Outbreak. It, that wasn't that gay. Um, there was an actual one about the, the two doctors that had discovered what Ebola was, A, and then B, uh, the one that actually narrowed it down to the exact village in Africa where it came from, where it started, where they found it. And, um, or the first case, they believe it was patient zero that had it. And, um, these two doctors, they were working for the military at the time. And this, uh, actually, I think it was a TV series that we watched. It was like a six part TV series. And, uh, 
it showed Ebola from the beginning to the end. And one of the things that it was first right off the bat they talked about was how long it lived outside the body when they found out about the transmission because their hardest part of tracking it all the way back to patient zero was the extent in which it did live outside the body. It was almost impossible to find patient zero. It took them. And of course in Africa, there's no real reporting system. So they were going around talking to like village witch doctors and stuff that started talking about someone getting sick. And then when that person got sick and they saw the same symptoms, that's where it all just kind of, they finally figured out who patient zero was and they narrowed it down to what Ebola is. And how dangerous Ebola is. I, that's all well, I was bringing up. There's there's two other symptoms that I want to touch on real quick, because of course, Janet, in our previous COVID episodes, we've talked about what was going to happen. And then in the last one, you know, what what we saw happening that lined up exactly with what we said. So the the blood clots and the, um, you know, heart attacks mm-hmm. and strokes and, and all of that. It's, you know, blood, brain, all, all that good stuff. And we've all seen that come to pass. And I think that's pretty common knowledge now, um, in, in most, most of our societies at this point, I would hope so anyway. Um, but there's two other symptoms that have really, I think are about to come into the forefront that people aren't aware of. And one doesn't seem so bad. Um, although it actually is the, the highest percentage rate of symptoms Mm -hmm. and that is sudden hearing loss. So, huh? Yeah. The most serious, the, the highest percentage of Serious side effects from the COVID vax is um, I don't know how to say right. it. tinnitus, tinnitus, sudden yeah. hearing loss, tinnitus, yeah. tinnitus, right? Huh? Tinnitus, yeah, tinnitus, tinnitus depends on the ringing in your ears. Ding, 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 ding. That's what I hear. So tinnitus is is the number one reported symptom of the COVID vax. The second one that I think we're going to start hearing a lot mm-hmm. of is prion disease. Right. No, you won't be hearing it because <laughs> uh, at least I won't be hearing it. Fine. Uh, but prion disease. Can can either of you explain a little bit about prion disease? Matt, do you want to? Okay. Yeah, I oh, can. I've never heard of that. Um, prion disease <laughs> is a <laughs> neurological do. disorder. You get it from <clears throat> folding of specific proteins oh, yes. in your system. Um and it causes, it, for a very long time, they didn't have any way to diagnose this. So what it does, it basically makes your brain really spongy. Um, it develops like whole type areas in, I mean, think about like a kitchen sponge, a reusable kitchen sponge. That's what it does to your brain. It makes these pockets or like blank areas. Um, it affects your whole entire nervous system. So uh, your hearing, your vision, uh, your balance, your memory, all of these things. And, you you know, keep in mind that your your brain is what controls the signals to the rest of your body. So all of the, you know, like <clears throat> heat and cold sensation, all of that stuff disappears. Um, and I'm just going to say... Yeah. So, yeah. so essentially see, dementia. They, they couldn't... Yep figure out like how to even diagnose this for a long time. So if you got it, you died and that was it. And then they couldn't actually do anything until you were dead. Then they can do an autopsy on your brain tissue and that's how they would find it. And then they went through um, this progression and somebody developed an olfactory test. Keep this in mind. Um, They stick a swab straight up your nose, right? 
into your nasal cavity to get to your to get to mm. your olfactory like area. Um, or they would use like a laryngoscope and stick it up your nose and then they would take um like what looks like a pap smear brush. Sorry, boys, um, for that, but there's this little like bristly brush that they use during old time uh actual pap smear, um, where they would smear it on the slide. But it's the same kind of thing. They would stick that brush up your nose and just twist it. And so they're they're picking up all of those cells. And so that was the very first testing that they found where you weren't dead yet. Uh, then they decided that they could also um, pick up cells that you excreted in your urine to test for this. But because the symptoms are so vague and so um, like generalized, it's very misdiagnosed, underdiagnosed, whatnot. But the same kind of swab test in your nose um, plus, you have the same folding over of essential proteins in your system, which is exactly what COVID does. Um, COVID does the same kind of thing where where it, it folds over um, the proteins. And instead of being like a circular pattern, you know, they're folded over into a half shape. Um, and I think... Vilen, you're completely correct. It's going to start causing more than just hearing loss. It's going to start causing all kinds of olfactory um, disruptions, taste, smell. Um, those are things that they put on the list of symptoms, right? People couldn't taste or smell anything. Same thing as a sinus infection. Um but you're going to start seeing uh, all kinds of urinary issues too, um, neurological stuff because your your brain also controls your kidneys um, and your kidney output and um, the, the excretions that your kidneys make, the excretions that your um, gut makes. All of that stuff is going to start being affected. And I would urge anyone who um, has critical thinking skills. <clears throat> to go look up, um, you can look up the blood proteins in the body, but there's a very good thing that's actually called the Human Protein Atlas. Um, and it's a, it's like a guided map system that tells you where every one of the blood prote proteins in the body affects and what part it, of the body it affects. And that is exactly what you're going to start seeing with COVID. Um, because even though COVID is, quote, a respiratory disease, now people are saying, no, it's not. It's a blood disease. No, it's not. The spike proteins are what are causing it to be a bloodborne disease in the first place. Um, and so it's moving from the respiratory tract to your bloodstream. That's why you're getting the clotting. But that protein atlas will actually show you other parts of the body that are going to be affected, um, not just blood clot-wise or genitor urinary problems, but it, it'll actually guide you through like everything you're going to start seeing. So, so to keep this lighthearted, uh, just because that this has been a pretty serious fucking podcast, um, 
is China going to come up with the anal swap for this? I mean, I'm just wondering. <laughs> so China is right. not vaccinating their population, right. by the way. Either is Russia, just to let you know. Right. Neither one of them are vaccinating their populations. And my understanding that the the um, that with the prion disease, in the long run, when it gets towards the end, you see mm-hmm. significant cognitive decline, like Alzheimer's, um, sig- like similar to Alzheimer's, so memory loss, um, mm-hmm. just a general forgetfulness and and honestly, I'm I'm watching it in people that I know already. Not, Hi, not you, Tom. Nick. You already had that. But uh, there are people around me at work that have been vaccinated and they've gotten their shots and right. they, they don't remember shit from one day to the next. It's really getting scary. Really and hard they, to diagnose as well, like Janet's older. Said. I'm watching people age before my eyes. I mean, literally, they look 10 years older than they did a week ago. It's It's, it's really scary. I I look around and I think, man, you're going to die soon. Wow, you're going to die soon. Hmm, you're not going to remember so my name tomorrow. Basically, they're going to go. F- um, Hi, I'm. They're going to go from a, sc- a plum a to thing. a prune really quick. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Do we? Cool? So as as we wrap this up, you know, following the the Dickens line um, to the future, wh- where do you guys see this going? What do you think the uh, the end game is? Where are we going to end up in the end, the end of this year and in five years? Yeah, especially you non-vaccinated fucks. No, I'm joking. We're going to end up yeah, with like, vaccine passports, 100%. I, I, and I've got a friend who believes in, and I, the, the guy I was supposed to do the show with tonight is, is going to be up, upset me after the next week now, but this was, this was important. Um, he believes if, in energies and if you visualize, he believes that we're kind of not here, but we're kind of project what we think and if we think something's going to happen then we kind of manifest it to happen so if we start thinking we're going to have vaccine passports it will kind of manifest itself so we all need oh he's a real believer pardon he's a real believer Uh, yeah yeah i'm a bit on the fence with that but 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 i kind of get his thinking because it's like over here they used to conveniently leak documents before a lockdown to kind of ease us into the Mm -hmm. torture of being told it so by the time they actually announced it, we'd already had two weeks to kind of get mentally prepared mm-hmm. for him to announce it. So I think something along those sort of lines will be, we've, we've had all this talk of it. There's been evidence to come out that they've been planning the, the passport since 2019 anyway. There'll be two tier societies. They're going to ration food. They're going to ration blood, as we've recently discovered. Um, you won't be able to travel certain places. I, I think it's going to go proper George Orwell, 1984. And I hate to say that, but but I can't see it just waking up one day and going, right, We've got enough vaccinated now that we've got herd immunity. You can all go back to normal. We're going to stop these emergency measures and everything's going to go back to normal. I honestly can't see that happening. And I don't know whether some of the people cognitively would be able to accept going back to normality because they've become that paranoid and that kind of scared that I don't know whether they could just go back to, to not disinfecting everything and not wearing masks and, and all that kind of stuff just, just through the whole fear mongering that people have been exposed to for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. In California, they asked for a uh, a thirty day hiatus to get people used to not wearing masks again. Now that the CDC has, you know, deigned to give people back some of their freedoms, that if they've been vaccinated, they can go around without a mask. Because you know that's the CDC's decision. Obviously, we we must trust our government overlords and listen to everything they say and follow the law and the rule. Thanks, <laughs> giving me a look because I am the most defiant person in the world. So I definitely don't do that shit. 
<laughs> very true. Very true. I, I'm just, uh, it's funny that you brought up the COVID passports. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I got a feeling it's coming out. Uh, everybody that uh, the more and more as, as time continues going forward here. And, uh, uh, if you've ever watched the movie idiocracy, um, I, I completely believe we are headed that route. We're going to get barcodes tattooed on our skin. Um, we're either going to get chipped, implanted, or something. If you haven't been microchipped, I have been. I'm pretty sure about 50 freaking different times. I got more microchips running around me than most people do just because I got all those shots in the military, which is gayer than AIDS. But um, if you look at it, I mean, Washington State just came out. Oregon, they just came out and said, you now have to have a their COVID COVID passport, vaccine passport. I mean, uh, papers, please. Yes, this is exactly what it's becoming. This is uh, Russia of the 80s. You're going across the border. You're trying to get across the wall, uh, trying to get out of, uh, you know, Russia into East Germany. Trying Um, to go buy food at the grocery store. Yeah, this is just, I mean, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And uh, uh, has to, for us to nip it in the butt, for us to just try and say, hey, but it's crazy though, because every time I say this, I, I turn around and then I see something else that tells me, well, maybe it isn't as bad as what we think. Because initially when I look at it and now I'm hearing about teachers, uh, talking about the teachers union, you know, they're fighting back against There's a bunch of teachers now that are lashing out against the teachers union saying, no, why do I have to wear You're saying I'm safe now. Why do I have to wear a mask in the classroom? Uh, why do kids have to wear masks? I mean, I, I hear it all the time. Every time that we turn around, we say one thing about how bad it's going to become to what it really is. And now you're hearing more people fight back and more people waking up, more people kicking back saying, no, I'm done with this. This is retarded. We've been doing this now way too long. Uh, I tonight, today we were at church and, uh, you know, walking into church, I had a bunch of old guys look at me and he's like, man, uh, mask. Yay. Nay. I was like, I never wear a mask. What are you talking about? And like the guy's like, good point. And he's just like, I don't think I'm going to anymore either. And I was like, it's taken you this long to figure that out when, I mean, when are our civil liberties going to become important again? That's my big question. I don't care so much about, um, I get it. I got the vaccine. All right. I'm an asshole. Damn. I'm probably going to die this year. Okay, great. See you. Peace. Uh, then peace. she won't have to kill money, you if you die on your own. Um, <laughs> but seriously, when a, bingo and she can't get accused of murder and she gets the money too um but when again are our civil liberties going to become important when is that going to trump everything else again and that's my issue with this and that's been my issue from the get-go this has been a violation of your civil liberties this has been a violation this has been them trying to convert us uh the you know the blue trying to convert us into communists and marxists and all that other wonderful shit but when is that going to become important again? And that's what makes the United States the United States. And I know Matt's just sitting there going, well, the fuck are they talking about? But that's what makes- Well, that's because his Prince Harry said he didn't understand the First Amendment. Is that guy not retarded? Don't, don't, <laughs> and I don't really, don't, I don't care for the, I stopped listening to Royals in 1776 yeah. as my flag tells you, you behind me. But um, I'm just wondering, is that not, does that not embarrass you at all? I'm just wondering. I mean, it depends. There's a, there's a big divide in the country about this because half the country believe that the, the royal family are the reason and the, uh, the overarching kind of thing that that's behind all the 
the children's stuff and everything else because obviously we've got a lot of history we're an old country man there's a lot of stuff going on the maritime law and all that was started in england you know and all that kind of stuff the, the civil wars the rothschilds and all that we've been going a long time and, and people are naive and thinking that we're not conniving sneaky bastards we're good at what we do so there's half the country that are pro the monarchy and like it's good for tourism and, and everything else and there's the other half that think they generally do rule the world and eat babies so it's it's a difficult one, but a recent poll's come out saying that the the, the 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 majority of people are now starting to want to get rid of the monarchy because they can't see the benefit that it brings to the country. But I don't know whether that's been something that they want to they've kind of orchestrated as well. Because if we again lose the royal family, it's a big part of our country, big part of our you know heritage. You could argue it's what makes British people Britain. You know, we're a united kingdom. You know, we're a kingdom. Um, but we've only got where we've got through rape, pillage, war, fucking everyone over over the hundred years. So you wonder whether really is it warranted to, to, to kind of have the great empire, which isn't so great anymore. So th- there's so much divide in our country at the moment. And there was before this with the race and everything else, but now they've just thrown all this other stuff in the mix. I don't think it's even been at people's forefronts of their imagination because they're so busy dealing with all the other shit, now aliens as well, you know, that, that I don't think people are going to be able to kind of take much more without their heads exploding and i think that's what they're trying to trying to do they're just overloading people to the point where now they just don't watch tv they don't listen to the news and they think that's okay but then burying your head in the sand is even worse because if you don't know the ships the spaceships are coming because you've not been watching the news that's even worse and i think everyone if you don't know the et is coming to ass rape you i hope so i hope so i'll push back as well (laughs) <laughs> I'll be like I'll be like a sheep at a freaking cliffside. Exactly. So, what about you, Janet? Where, where do you think we're heading? <laughs> she's still laughing. All right, she's snorting. All right, so, so we got her good Jan, on that Jan one. Janet's still imagining the syphilis running rampant exactly. across the British population. Yeah, exactly. Both me and Matt are pushing um, back. Nate, I'm gonna Jeez, I'm gonna, gonna be on a more positive note. Um, I do not think vaccine passports are coming, um, especially not here. State level, you get to decide, but federal level, they can't do that because they would have to change a hell of a lot of laws uh, to get that enacted federally. Um, That's not going to happen because you're going to have a lot of states that absolutely won't vote for that. Um, Yeah. And HIPAA violations and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so for me, even though there's, we're going to see a lot of things coming with, uh, lots of injured people, lots of dead people, sick people, et cetera, et cetera. It's nothing, um, that we haven't seen in healthcare before it happens. Um, every time they roll out a new vaccination, there's always death, injury, you know, side effects, whatever, whatever you want to say. Uh, but I think that more people are going to, I think more people are unvaccinated than the government is telling us. Um, I don't believe that that large of a percentage of people are getting vaccinated. They can't prove that. They, Like I said before, they have nowhere to document that at properly. Um, so I think those numbers are greatly inflated, kind of like they inflated the COVID deaths and all that stuff at the beginning. Um, so I think things are going to be on a more positive level. And I think people and, and are um, going to actually, this is going to be their kick in the ass to wake up and fight for themselves and fight for their family. 
and and not allow things to go completely into the shitter before they decide to do something. So I'm going to be positive about it. How about that? I, I have to agree with you there, Janet, because I don't think that they would be pushing out the the fear porn and right. the propaganda as hard as they are right. if more people were right. already vaccinated or willing to get vaccinated. Because, like in Ohio, they're giving a right. million dollars to five people, a million dollars to five different people. So five million dollars to get vaccinated. And I believe right. five full rides to college as well. So five million dollars. So a million dollars to five different people and then a full college scholarship to another Mm -hmm. five children who get vaccinated. And that's we haven't gotten on the children's vaccinations, but, you know, they just opened up 12 to 15 for vaccines. And now they're trying to go from two to 11 coming up, they're saying, by the end of the year, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, And we're going to wrap this up because we've gone really long. Matt, I definitely want to have both of you guys back for another one of these because you said something in your episode with Janet a while back about enzymes, the A and B enzyme and breaking and that really piqued my curiosity. And I want to know more about that because that directly relates to how COVID does not affect children Mm -hmm. because they don't have, if I I recall correctly or or heard you correctly, that they don't have those enzymes that COVID attaches to to get them sick in the first place. So yes, the COVID vaccine is 100% effective in children because they don't fucking get COVID. So anyway, um, but I I think that, you know, I, I saw another study out of the UK just last week that said that uh, they estimate that 60 to 70% of the people that have gotten the COVID shot are going to be dead by the end of the year. Um, and then I'm hearing reports on the ground, nurses that I've spoken to that work in COVID wards, and they say that every single one of their patients in the COVID wards, 100% of them have been fully vaccinated. They are not seeing people that have right. not been vaccinated coming down with COVID. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, that the fear porn, the propaganda, I, I unfortunately foresee a death wave coming up soon and be it through the antibody enhancement dependency or the cytokine storms, basically as they found in the animal testing that they stopped doing because all the animals were dying was that the animals initially had a very robust response, uh, immuno response to the, the COVID shot to the vaccine, the MRNA vaccine. And then once they were exposed to the wild virus, they all died or they got exponentially sicker than they would have if they'd never gotten this vaccine in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see that reflected in, in our life. And while the animals died within, you know, days or weeks, it'll take a little bit longer for humans because we're bigger than mice, pretty significantly bigger than mice. So while it might've taken the, the mice, you know, two weeks to a month to die. I think it might take people six months to a year to die. Nine months in the but ferrets. But they're going to die. Up to nine months in the ferrets. <clears throat> Excuse me. Up to nine months later in the ferrets. So they had the initial immuno response. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. When they first got the vaccine and they went back to normal, they were fine. Up to nine months later when they were exposed to a foreign body, they then had the cytokine storm. And that was in the ferrets. Which is why the, the mRNA vaccines were never never progressed anywhere further than that. But because of the emergency situations, they've been able to bypass the animal trials and, and just roll it out. Yada yada yada. You know the rest. But I, I don't want to end this podcast on a on a bad note. Because no, because no. we were talking about measuring before, and they were inflating <laughs> numbers. I, I just like I inflate the size of my penis all the time. Well, you're Irish. That's to be expected. Penis exactly. pump um, incoming for Christmas. I pass out when I get. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, he's not even, he, even the English guy is not fucking arguing against it. So, But it, here's, it, real, real quick, because unfortunately they don't talk about this enough. They don't teach this enough. How do people stay healthy without getting the vaccine? Well, we talk about how, you know, viruses go away in the summer and they do. And it's because people are outside. They're not in enclosed spaces. They're getting vitamin D. They're eating healthier. They're not eating so much junk food. And by the by, just to let you know, if you get your COVID shot, you get a free donut and French fries and a hamburger and all this crap junk food that I occasionally, you know, fall prey to and put in my system, but I always feel guilty about it after the fact. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. She feels real guilty about it, folks. Let yeah. me tell you. But I mean, for real, how, how do you stay healthy in this world? Because, you know, what, what you said, Matt, about um, science versus medicine, medicine has been around for thousands of years, literally thousands of years. Chinese medicine, right. they, they still go back to that. It's still more effective than a lot of the pharmaceutical medicine that is out these days. Science has not been around for very long, a couple hundred years even. So, you know, how do we stay healthy? I think the first thing that they should have done when when all this came out is, oh, let's just reiterate something. Most of the Chinese medicine remedies have now been synthesized to be tablet form. Mm -hmm. So they've just bastardized the Chinese medicine to put it in a tablet form. So a lot of them are extracts from plants that they use, but they've synthetically manufactured it to be a tablet. Um, so that's half the pharmacy, but obviously they've added the extra bits to give you the side effects to then have to manage it with other medications. So once you start taking meds, you're just managing the side effects. Anyway, to stay healthy, what they should have done at the beginning is is giving everyone free vitamin D if you needed it. The argument was still out about the hydroxychloroquine, but if you understand how the hydroxychloroquine works as a, as a, as a drug, then you would have known that it would have been all right, really, um, to, to at least tried um, to see if there was any any effects. But stuff we could have done is vitamin D, sunshine, good diet, exercise, communication, uh, and, and speak. Pretty much everything that people do now to stay fit and healthy. This is no different than any other virus we've been exposed to in the past, other than we've got the propaganda behind it. The the, the methodology of, of staying fit and hel- healthy and well is still exactly the same as it has been for thousands of years, which is eat less, do more, speak to your friends, communicate, don't isolate yourself. Th- th- that's it. There's no special special magic formula. This is why I hate it when we can't tell people they're fat anymore, when that leads to so much medical problems. If they were just to be able to turn around and say, you should lose a little tiny bit of weight, then your knees will stop hurting, your arthritis wouldn't be as bad, your diabetes would go away, and your heart failure and everything else would probably be much better too. But we don't. We just say, here, have some medicines. So who, who, who says that you can't say that? I tell well, people they're fat asses all the time. Yeah, but you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. as a medical professional, if someone was to come you in my room who's 25 stone, and I'd go, fuck me, mate, you need to lose a little bit of weight. Um, well, the I'm reason that I'm coming to your house or the reason I'm getting called for the lift assist is because, oh, you weigh like 600 t- tons, dude. You're like you're like a metric buttload, all right? And that's a tactical term. But you'll get, you weigh you, a metric you must get it. You must get it in the States over there where you've got someone walk, uh, riding along in their little mobility scooter, yep. drinking some McDonald's with a mask yep. on, giving you grief for not wearing your mask and not taking a vaccine. And you're like, how how can you not see the the, the, the irony in, in this whole whole picture? So it's now okay to be obese and, unwe- and unhealthy, providing you're doing what they mm-hmm. tell you to do to be healthy, which which is not the case. But if, as long as you're toeing the line. Well, I mean, look, we all like to eat junk food. That's that's why they make it so tasty. It's so hard to lose weight mm-hmm. in today's world. And 
eating healthy is more expensive. It's cheaper to buy. When I came to the States, I couldn't believe it, that a gallon of Coke was cheaper than a gallon of water. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get my head oh, around yeah, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really could not get my head around that. And, and it took us near enough the best part of a day in New York to try and find somewhere to eat that didn't involve grease or burgers. And when we did find somewhere, it was so ridiculously expensive, we ended up going somewhere else anyway. We found an English place on, on the river that sold fish and chips. Um but it was just pretty angry difficult. actually with him right now because he called it a gallon of Coke and not a liter of Coke. I was really <laughs> hoping for the liter of Coke. <laughs> it's not my first rodeo, man. It's not my first. But, I, I could tell. I could tell. But, but the, whole, the whole kind of concept of that in itself just makes you think you, 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 you're set up to fail. You're set up to lose because the game is, is rigged no matter what. You know, that that's interesting. Um, our, uh, our genius kid and going back to something Mick said real quick about, about the masks and reclaiming our civil liberties. So our, our uber smart kid graduated from eighth grade just this week. And he was the first kid in his class. And we're, you know, we're a ways down the alphabet line. Um, he was the first kid in his class to walk up and accept his diploma without wearing a mask. And he inspired three other kids after him to do the same um, which I was, that was my proudest moment. I mean, he got all kinds of awards cause he's, you know, stupid smart. Um, but, it, and those are great. You know, I expected that, but him having the courage, uh, or his father taking that saying, taking that stupid fucking face diaper off your face before you walk up there and him complying and doing that, you know, complying with his father and, and not the, uh, the overreaching overlords, um, to go up and accept his diploma without a mask was, was hugely inspiring, but, well, I thought that's, it was kind of also, <laughs> look, I'll beat the shit out of you if you don't. Yeah, so. but that's neither here nor there. He came to me last week. We were talking about um, comorbidities and, and whatnot. Because, of course, you know, it's come out now that 97, they keep upping this, 97% of the COVID deaths are for people with two or more comorbidities. And like 95% is with four or more comorbidities. And he said, you know, we just learned about enzymes and catalysts in school. He's like, and since we now know that COVID was designed what if it was actually designed as a catalyst enzyme to specifically target comorbidities in people such as obesity and diabetes, you know, the, the top killers of people with COVID, um, the dead wood, just to eliminate that population because they're too expensive. That's exactly it. That is exactly as plain as it is. Mm-hmm. You get rid of the most vulnerable first, which is why the second wave, well, there are no waves in viruses anyway, but the next outbreak or how you shouldn't be as bad as the first because the majority of the vulnerable people that were susceptible the first time around have unfortunately died um, or they've contracted the disease and recovered. So there shouldn't be as many deaths any time now because the majority of people have died or recovered fine. But you can't, that's, that's, that's the problem. You can't. And the next one is just a fucking super virus. So it will turn all of your (laughs) organs into liquid shit and everybody's going to die. I mean, that's what their, that's what their goal is. I mean, ultimately, if you look at it that way, 500 million, if you got rid of everything, if you got rid of, hold on, on. I want to, I want to play something for fear porn real quick. Cause this is fun. And I know we're going a really long time, but this is just going to take a second. So sleeves up. Classic, 
this again for my second shot. Oh, I love you, Ben. I love you, Ben. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, right? That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, just just wow. Wow. Anyway, Matt, how can people find you if they were looking for you? I mean, we're going to put it in our show notes too, but just in case. So uh, on Twitter, I'm Kung Fu Medic or at Medic Matt. If you search for at Medic Matt, you'll probably find me because I know Kung Fu Medic is shadow banned hard. Um, so at Medic Matt 090, you should find me. Uh, Facebook is just Matt Hench Taylor. And I do Insta, but not a lot. And on Insta, I think I'm, I can't remember what I am on Insta. I think I'm Medic Matt 090. I'm terrible at this stuff, really. I am. But yeah, that's where you can find me pretty much. Uh, Janet, we know where everybody knows where you, they can find you, Podbean. And uh, you still have I some do. social media, right? I still media, have my right? Twitter. I have my Twitter at no Janet, K N O W. You can still find me on Instagram at Deplorable Janet. And very, very, very shortly, you will also find me on Alt Media United. I will have my own page on there. If you haven't already checked it out, make sure you do that because there's an amazing collection of podcasters on there that have been banned lots of places. There you go. We're actually on our. We're actually on our way there. So that's uh, our next stop as, as well as we're following you in your epic and famous footsteps uh, that we cannot fill your shoes at all. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at VLINQ. You can check out our Telegram page, the Patriot Party with VLIN and the Mick. Um, and uh, all I have to say is go outside. It's a beautiful day. Get some sunshine. Eat some sprouts. Get some natural vitamin D, you know, maybe, maybe drink some elderberry juice, stay healthy. Don't take the shot. So anyway, uh, as we were saying, any last words, uh, any, uh, Matt, Janet, Janet, you go first. I'm just going to say thanks so much for having me back again. Thanks for having my buddy Matt on here. Love you guys. Miss you guys. And thanks for always tuning in. Yeah, I echo that. Anybody, I'd like to talk, so I'm, I, I will pimp myself out as the podcast <laughs> slut of the nation. So anytime I can help anybody or have a chat, please feel free to, to hook me up. It's absolutely fine. Thank you for inviting me on today. It's been really enjoyable, actually. I've really enjoyed it. It's nice to speak to loads of people in the same sort of mindset as myself as well. It doesn't make you feel too lonely. I mean, we love sluts. I know. He's, he's going to be a slut. I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But be positive, so, be positive, be, be positive, give out good energy. You know, it's been a heavy podcast, this one, but it's been good, but it's not all doom and gloom, man. It's good. Be good. It's so, not. Your, your friend has the right of it, Matt. It's the law of attraction. Positive thoughts, positive actions yep. create positive outcomes. We are all connected. Good energy. Put out good energy. You'll get good energy back. So for the Mick and for... Uh, Lynn. And our two guests, again, appreciate you guys coming. Matt, you'll definitely be back for our next. This is not our first one. So this is like number four, this I think. This is number three. Or three. This yeah. is the third one we've done. So we're definitely going to keep it up. And you will definitely, you've been added to the tally of folks to be on this podcast. Um, and it is a select few because you got to have a little bit of a medical background so we can actually talk some medicine and stuff. Anyway, uh, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Not hey, going to take it. Just, Thanks for listening. Hey, nobody else, don't, don't take it. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah, of course. That stuff too. Yeah. Oh, we're not 
choosing. 